never tell me. I take it much too unkindly that thou, Iago, who hast had my purse as if the strings were thine, shouldst know of this. Splod, but you will not hear me. If ever I did dream of such a matter, abhor me. Thou toldst me thou didst hold him in thy hate. Despise me if I do not. Three great ones of this city, in personal suit to make me his lieutenant, off kept to him. And by the fate of man I know my price, I am worth no worse a place. But he, as loving his own pride and purposes, evades them, with a bombast circumstance horribly stuffed with epithets of war, and in conclusion, none suits my mediators. For certainty, says he, I have already chose my officer. And what was he? Hmm? Forsooth, a great arithmetician. One Michael Cassio, a Florentine. A fellow almost damned in a fair wife. That never set a squadron in the field, nor the division of a battle knows more than a spinster. Unless the bookish theoric, or in the togent consuls can propose as masterly as he. Mere prattle without practice is all his soldiership. But he, sir, had the election, and I, of whom his eyes had seen the proof at Rhodes, at Cyprus, and on other grounds, Christian and heathen, must be believed and called by debtor and creditor. This, this countercaster, he, in good time, must his lieutenant be, and I, God bless him, Mark. Moorship's ancient. By heaven. I rather would have been his hangman. Why, there's no remedy. It is the curse of service. Preferment goes by letter and affection, and not by old gradation, where each second stood there to the first. Now, sir, be judge yourself whether I, in any just term, am a fine to love the moor. I will not follow him, then. Oh, sir, content you. I follow him to serve my turn upon him. We cannot all be masters, nor all masters cannot be truly followed. You shall mark many a duteous and knee-crooking knave that, doting on his own obsequious bondage, wears out his time, much like his master's ass, for naught but provender. And when he's old, cashier. Quit me such honest knaves. Others there are who, trimmed in forms and visages of duty, keep yet their hearts attending on themselves, and throwing but shows of service on their lords, do well thrive by them, and when they have lined their coats, do themselves homage. These fellows have some soul, and such a one do I profess myself. For, sir, it is as sure as you are Rodrigo, were I the Moor, I would not be Iago. In following him, I follow but myself. Heaven is my judge, not I for love and duty, but seeming so for my peculiar end. For when my outward action doth demonstrate the native act and figure of my heart, in compliment external, it is not long after but I will wear my heart upon my sleeve for daws to peck at. I am not what I am. What a full fortune does the thick lips owe if he can carry it thus. Call up her father, rouse him, make after him, poison his delight, proclaim him in the streets, incense her kinsmen, 
and though he in a fertile climate dwell, plague him with flies. Though that his joy be joy, yet throw such changes of vexation on't as it may lose some color. Well, here is her father's house. I'll call her out. Do, and with like timorous accent and dire yell as when, by night and negligence, the fire is spied in populous cities. What ho? Brabantio! Signor Brabantio, ho! Awake! What ho, Brabantio! Thieves! 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 Uh, look to your house, your daughter, and your bags! Thieves! Thieves! What is the meaning of this terrible summons? What is the matter there? Signor, is only your family within? Are your doors locked? What? Wherefore ask you this? Soon, sir, you are robbed. For shame, put on your gown. Your heart is burst, you have lost half your soul. Even now, now, very now, an old black ram is topping your white you. Arise, arise! Awake the snorting citizens with the bell, or else the devil will make a grandsire of you. Arise, I say! What, have you lost your wits? Most revered, senor, do you know my voice? But I? What are you? My name is Rodrigo. The worser, welcome. I have charged thee not to haunt about my doors. In honest plainness, thou hast heard me say my daughter is not for thee. But now in majesty, full of supper and dissembling draughts, upon malicious bravery dost thou come to start my quiet. Sir. But thou must needs be sure my spirit and my place have the power to make this bitter to thee. Patience, good sir. What tellst thou me of robbing? It is Venice. My house is not a grange. Most grave Brabantio. In simple and pure soul I come to you. So, sir, you are one of those that will not serve God if the devil bid you. Because we come to do you service, and you think we are ruffians, you'll have your daughter covered with a Barbary horse. You'll have your nephews, native. You'll have corsairs for cousins and genets for Germans. What profane wretch art thou? I am one, sir, that comes to tell you your daughter and the moor are now making the uh, beast with two bags. Thou art a villain. Well, you are a senator. <laughs> this thou shalt answer. I know thee, Rodrigo. Sir, I will answer anything. But I beseech you, if it be your pleasure and wise consent, as partly I find it is, that your fair daughter at this odd and even dull wash of night, transported with no worse nor better guard than with a knave of common hire, a gondolier, to the gross clasps of a lascivious moor. If this be known to you and your allowance, we then have done you bold and saucy wrongs. And if you know not this, my manners tell me we have your wrong review. And do not believe, from the sense of all civility, I thus would play and trifle with your reverence. Your daughter, if you have not given her leave, I say again, hath made a gross revolt, tying her duty, beauty, wit, and fortunes in an extravagant willing stranger of here and everywhere. Straight satisfy yourself. If she be in your chamber or your house, let's loose on me the justice of states for thus deluding me. But I swear I am not. Strike of a tinder! must leave you. It seems not meet nor wholesome to my place to be produced, as if I stay a shell, against the moor. For I do know this state, however this may gall him with some check, cannot with safety cast him, for he's embarked with such loud reason to the Cyprus wars, which even now stand in act that 
for their souls another of his fathom they have none to lead their business. In which regard, though I do hate him as I do help pains, yet for necessity of present life I must show out a flag and sign of love, which is indeed but sign. That you shall surely find him lead to the Sagittary, the raised search, and there will I be with him. So, farewell. It is too true, evil. Gone she is. And what's to come of my despised time is naught but bitterness. Now, Roderigo, where didst thou see her? Oh, unhappy girl, what the more sayst thou? Oh, would be, father, how didst thou know it was she? Oh, she deceives me past thought. What said she to you? Get more tapers, raise all my kindred. Are they married, think you? Truly, I think they are. Oh, heaven, how got she out? Treason of the blood! Fathers, from hence trust not your daughters' minds by what you see them act. Is there not charms by which the property of youth and maidhood be abused? Have you not read Rodrigo of some such thing? Yes, sir, I have indeed. Call up my brother! Oh, would you had had her! Some one way, some another! Do you know where we may apprehend her and the more? I think I can discover him. If you please to get good guard, then go with me. Pray you, lead on. At every house I'll call, I may command at most. Get weapons, ho! And raise some special officer tonight. Han, good Roderigo, I'll deserve your pains. Though in the trade of war I have slain men... Yet do I hold it very stuff of the conscience to do no contrived murder. I lack iniquity sometimes to do me service. Nine or ten times I had thought to have yurked him here under the ribs. Mm, Tis better as it is. Nay, but he prated and spoke such scurvy and provoking terms against your honor that, with the little godliness I have, I did full hard forbear him. But I, I pray you, sir, are you fast married? Be assured of this, that the Magnifico is much beloved, and hath in his effect a voice potential as double as the Duke's. He will divorce you, or put upon you what restraint and grievance the law, with all his might to enforce it on, will give him cable. Let him do his spite. My services, which I have done the Signore, shall out-tongue his complaints. Tis yet to know, which, when I know that boasting is an honor, I shall promulgate, I fetch my life and being from men of royal siege, and my demerits may speak unbonneted to as proud a fortune as this that I have reached. For know, Iago, but that I love the gentle Desdemona. I were not my unhoused free condition put into circumscription and confined for the sea's worth. But look, what lights come yond? Those are the raised father and his friends. You were best going. Not I. I must be found. My part, my title, and my perfect soul shall manifest me rightly. Is it they? By Jonas, I think no. The servants of the Duke and my lieutenant. The goodness of the night upon you, friends. What is the news? The Duke does greet you, General, and he requires your haste post-haste appearance, even on the instant. What is the matter, think you? Something from Cyprus, as I may divine. It is a business of some heat. The galleys have sent a dozen secret messengers this very night at one another's heels, and many of the consuls raised and met are at the Duke's already. You have been hotly called for, when, 
being not at your lodging to be found, the Senate has sent about three several guests to search you out. Tis well I am found by you. I will but spend a word here in the house and go with you. Ancient, what makes he here? Faith, he tonight hath boarded a land carrack, and if it prove lawful prize, he's made forever. I do not understand. He's married. To who? Married to... Uh, oh, uh, come, Captain, uh, will you go? Have with you. Here comes another troop to seek for you. It is Brabantio. General, be advised. He comes to bed in tent. Hala, stand there. Signor, it is the more. Down with him, thief! You, Rodrigo! Come, sir, I am for you. Keep up your bright swords, for the dew will rust them. Good signor, you shall more command with years than with your weapons. Oh, thou foul thief! Where hast thou stowed my daughter? Damned as thou art, thou hast enchanted her! For I'll refer me to all things of sense if she in chains of magic were not bound. Whether a maid so tender, fair, and happy, so opposite to marriage that she shunned the wealthy curled darlings of our nation, would ever have to incur a general mock, run from her garden to the sunny bosom of such a thing as thou, to fear not to delight. Judge me the world if tis not gross in sense that thou hast practiced on her with foul charms, abused her delicate youth with drugs or minerals that weaken motion. I'll have disputed on his problem palpable to thinking. I therefore apprehend and do attach thee for an abuser of the world, a practicer of arts inhibited out of warrant. Lay hold upon him. If he do resist, subdue him at his peril. Hold your hands, both you of my inclining. And the rest, were it my cue to fight, I should have known it without a prompter. Where will you that I go to answer this your charge? To prison. Till fit time of law and course of direct session, call thee to answer. What if I do obey? How may the duke be therewith satisfied, whose messengers are here about my side upon some present business of the state to bring me to him? Tis true, most worthy signor. The duke's in council, and your noble self, I am sure, is sent for. How? The duke in council? In this time of the night? Bring away. Mine's not an idle cause. The duke himself or any of my brothers of the state cannot but feel this wrong as twere their own. For if such actions may have passage free, bond slaves and pagans shall our statesmen be. There is no composition in these news that gives them credit. Indeed, they are disproportioned. My letters say a hundred and seven galleys. And mine... A hundred and forty, and mine two hundred. But though they jump not on a just account, as in these cases where the aim reports tis oft with difference, yet do they all confirm a Turkish fleet, and bearing up to Cyprus. Nay, it is possible enough to judgment. I do not so secure me in the error, but the main article I do approve in fearful sense. A messenger from the galleys. Now, what's the business? The Turkish preparation makes for roads. So was I bid report here to the state by Signor Angelo. How say you by this change? This cannot be, by no assay of reason. Tis a pageant to keep us in false gaze. When we consider the importancy of Cyprus to the Turk, and let ourselves again but understand that as it more concerns the Turk than roads, so may he with more facile question bear it, for that it stands not in such warlike race, but altogether lacks the abilities that Rhodes is dressed in. If we make thought of this, we must not think the Turk is so unskillful to leave that latest which concerns him first, 
neglecting an attempt of ease and gain, to wake and wade to danger profitless. Nay, in all confidence he's not for rogues. Here is more news. The Ottomites, reverend and gracious, steering with due course towards the Isle of Rhodes, have there enjointed them with an afterfleet. Aye, so I thought. How many, as you guess? Of thirty sail. And now they do restem their backward course, bearing with frank appearance their purposes towards Cyprus. Signor Montano, your trusty and most valiant servitor, with his free duty recommends you thus, and prays you to believe him. Tis certain, then, for Cyprus. Marcus Lucicos, is not he in town? He's now in Florence. Write from us to him. Post, post, haste, dispatch. Ah, here comes Brabantio and the valiant Moor. Valiant Othello, we must straight employ you against the general enemy Ottoman. I did not see you. Welcome, gentle senor. We lacked your counsel and your help tonight. So did I yours. Good your grace, pardon me. Neither my place nor aught I heard of business hath raised me from my bed, nor doth the general care take hold on me. For my particular grief is of so floodgate and o'erbearing nature that it engluts and swallows other sorrows, and it is still itself. Why, what's the matter? My daughter. Oh, my daughter. Dead? Aye, to me. She's abused, stolen from me, and corrupted by spells and medicines bought of Montebanks. For nature so preposterously to err, being not deficient, blind, or lame of said son's witchcraft, could not. Where he be, that in this foul proceeding hath thus beguiled your daughter of herself and you of her? The bloody book of law you shall yourself read in the bitter letter after your own sense. Yea, though our proper son stood in your action. Humbly I thank your grace. This Moor, whom now it seems your special mandate for the state affairs hath thither brought. We are very sorry for it. What, in your own part, can you say to this? Nothing, but this is so. Most potent, grave and reverend signors, my very noble and approved good masters, that I have taken away this old man's daughter, it is most true. True, I have married her. The very head and front of my offending hath this extent, no more. Rude am I in my speech, and little blessed with the soft phrase of peace. For since these arms of mine had seven years pith, till now some nine moons wasted, they have used their dearest action in the tented field. And little of this great world can I speak, more than pertains to feats of broil and battle, and therefore little shall I grace my cause in speaking for myself. Yet, by your gracious patience, I will a round unvarnished tale deliver of my whole course of love. What drugs, what charms, what conjuration, and what mighty magic. For such proceeding I am charged with all. I won his daughter. A maiden, never bold, of spirit so still and quiet that her motion blushed at herself, and she, in spite of nature, of years, of country, credit, everything, to fall in love with what she feared to look on. It is a judgment maimed and most imperfect that would confess perfection so could err against all rules of nature, and must be driven to find out practices of cunning hell why this should be. I therefore vouch again with some mixtures powerful o'er the blood, or with some dram conjured to this effect she wrought upon her. To vouch this is no proof without more wider and moreover test than these thin habits and poor likelihoods of modern seeming do prefer against her. But Othello, speak. Did you 
By indirect and forced courses, subdue and poison this young maid's affections? Or came it by request, and such fair question as soul to soul affordeth? I do beseech you, send for the lady to the Sagittary, and let her speak of me before her father. If you do find me foul in her report, the trust, the office I do hold of you, not only take away, but let your sentence even fall upon my life. Fetch Desdemona hither. Ancient, conduct them. You best know the place. And till she come, as truly as to heaven I do confess the vices of my blood, so justly to your grave ears I'll present how I did thrive in this fair lady's love, and she in mine. Say it, Othello. Her father loved me, oft invited me, still questioned me the story of my life. From year to year the battles, sieges, fortunes that I have passed. I ran it through, even from my childish days, to the very moment that he bade me tell it, wherein I spake of most disastrous chances, of moving accidents by flood and field, of hairbreadth scapes in the imminent deadly breach, of being taken by the insolent foe and sold to slavery, of my redemption thence and importance in my travel's history, wherein of entrees vast and deserts idle, rough quarries, rocks, and hills whose heads touch heaven, it was my hint to speak. Such was the process, and of the cannibals that each other eat, the anthropophagy, and men whose heads do grow beneath their shoulders. This to hear would Desdemona seriously incline, but still the house affairs would draw her thence, whichever as she could with haste dispatch, she'll come again, and with a greedy ear devour up my discourse, which I observing took once a pliant hour, and found good means to draw from her a prayer of earnest heart that I would all my pilgrimage dilate. Whereof by parcels she had something heard, but not intentively, I did consent, and often did beguile her of her tears, when I did speak of some distressful stroke that my youth suffered. My story being done, she gave me for my pains a world of sighs. She swore in faith twas strange, "'Twas passing strange, was pitiful, "'twas wondrous pitiful. "'She wished she had not heard it, "'yet she wished that heaven had made her such a man. "'She thanked me and bade me, "'if I had a friend that loved her, "'I should but teach him how to tell my story, "'and that would woo her. "'Upon this hint I spake, "'she loved me for the dangers I had passed, and I loved her that she did pity them. This only is the witchcraft I have used. Here comes the lady. Let her witness it. I think this tale would win my daughter too. Good Brabantio, take up this mangled matter at the best. Men do their broken weapons rather use than their bare hands. I pray you, hear her speak. If she confessed that she was half the wooer, destruction on my head if my bad blame life of the man. Come hither, gentle mistress. Do you perceive in all this noble company where most you owe obedience? My noble father, I do perceive here a divided duty. To you I am bound for life and education. My life and education both do learn me how to respect you. You are the lord of duty. I am hither to your daughter. But here's my spouse. 
and so much duty as my mother showed to you. Preferring you before her father, so much I challenge that I may profess due to the more, my lord. God be with you, I have done. Please say your grace, on to the state affairs. I had rather to adopt a child than get it. Come hither, Moor. I here do give thee that with all my heart, which what thou hast already with all my heart I would keep from thee. For your sake, Jewel, I am glad at soul I have no other child, for thy escape would teach me tyranny to hang clogs on them. I have done, my lord. Let me speak like yourself, and lay a sentence, which, as a grease or step, may help these lovers into your favor. When remedies are passed, the griefs are ended by seeing the worst, which late on hopes depended. To mourn a mischief that is past and gone is the next way to draw new mischief on. What cannot be preserved when fortune takes, patience or injury a mockery makes. The robbed that smiles steals something from the thief. He robs himself that spends a bootless grief. So let the Turk of Cyprus us beguile. We lose it not so long as we can smile. He bears the sentence well that nothing bears but the free comfort which from thence he hears. But he bears both the sentence and the sorrow that to pay grief must a poor patience borrow. These sentences to sugar or to gall being strong on both sides are equivocal. The words are words. I never yet did hear that the bruised heart was pierced through the ear. I humbly beseech you, proceed to the affairs of state. The Turk, with a most mighty preparation, makes for Cyprus. Othello, the fortitude of the place is best known to you. And though we have there a substitute of most allowed sufficiency, yet opinion, a sovereign mistress of effects, throws a more safer voice on you. You must therefore be content to slubber the gloss of your new fortunes with this more stubborn and boisterous expedition. The tyrant custom of most grave senators hath made the flinty and steel couch of war my thrice-driven bed of down. I do agonize a natural and prompt alacrity I find in hardness, and do undertake these present wars against the Ottomites. Most humbly, therefore, bending to your state, I crave fit disposition for my wife. Do reference of place and exhibition, with such accommodation and be sought as levels with her breeding. If you please, be it at her father's. I'll not have it so. Nor I. Nor I. I would not there reside to put my father in impatient thoughts by being in his eye. O most gracious duke, to my unfolding lend your prosperous ear, and let me find a charter in your voice to assist my simpleness. What would you, Desdemona? That I did love the more to live with him, my downright violence and storm of fortunes may trumpet to the world, my heart subdued even to the very quality of my love. I saw Othello's visage in his mind, and to his honour and his valiant parts did I my soul and fortunes consecrate, so that, dear lords, if I be left behind a moth of peace, and he go to the war, the rights for which I love him are bereft me, and I a heavy interim shall support by his dear absence. Let me go with him. Let her have your voices. Vouch with me, heaven, I therefore beg it not, to please the palate of my appetite, nor to comply with heat, 
beyond my facts and me defunct and proper satisfaction. But to be free and bounteous to her mind, and heaven defend your good souls that you think I will your serious and great business scant while she is with me? No, when light-winged toys of feathered Cupid's seal with wanton dullness my speculative and office instruments, that my disports corrupt and taste my business, let housewives make a skillet of my helm, and all indign and base adversities make head against my estimation. Be it as you shall privately determine, either for her stay or going. The affair cries haste, and speed must answer it. You must away tonight. With all my heart. At nine in the morning, here we'll meet again. Othello, leave some officer behind, and he shall our commission bring to you with such things else of quality and respect as doth import you. So please your grace, my ancient, a man he is of honest and trust. To his conveyance I sign my wife, with what else needful your good grace shall think to be sent after me. Let it be so. Good night to everyone. Adieu, brave Moor. Look to her, Moor, if thou hast eyes to see. She has deceived her father, and may be. My life upon her faith. Honest Iago, my Desdemona, must I leave with thee? I prithee, let thy wife attend on her, and bring them after in the best advantage. Come, Desdemona, I have but an hour of love, of worldly matters and direction, to spend with thee. We must obey the time. Iago, what sayest thou, noble heart? What will I do, thinkest thou? Why, uh, go to bed and sleep? I will incontinently drown myself. If thou dost, I shall never love thee after. <laughs> what, thou silly gentleman? It is silliness to live when... To live is torment. And then have we a prescription to die when death is our physician? Oh, villainous! I have looked upon the world for four times seven years. And since I could distinguish betwixt a benefit and an injury, I never found man that knew how to love himself. Ere I would say I would drown myself for the love of a guinea hen, I would change my humanity for a baboon. What should I do? I confess it is my shame to be so fond, but it is not in my virtue to amend it. Virtue? <laughs> a fig! Tis in ourselves that we are thus or thus. Our bodies are our gardens, to the which our wills are gardeners. So that if we will plant nettles, or sow lettuce, set hyssop, and weed up thyme, supply it with one gender of herbs, or distract it with many, either to have it sterile with idleness, or manured with industry, why, the power and corrigible authority of this lies in our wills. If the balance of our lives have not one scale of reason to poise another of sensuality, the blood and baseness of our natures would conduct us to most preposterous conclusions. But we have reason to cool our raging motions, our, our carnal stings, our unbeaten lusts. Whereof I take this that you call love to be a, a sect or scion. It cannot be. Ah, it is merely a lust of the blood and a permission of the will. Ah, be a man. Drown thyself. Drown kids and blind puppies. I have professed me thy friend, and I confess me knit to thy deserving with cables of perdurable toughness. 
I could never better stay thee than now. Put money in thy purse. Follow thou the wars. Defeat thy favor with a usurped beer. I, I say, put money in thy purse. It cannot be that Desdemona should long continue her love to the moor. Put money in thy purse. Nor he his to her. It was a, a violent commencement. And thou shalt see an answerable sequestration. Put but money in thy purse. These moors are changeable in their wills. Fill thy purse with money. The food that to him now is as luscious as locusts shall be to him shortly as bitter as Colon Quintida. She must change for youth. When she is sated with his body, she will find the error of her choice. She must have change. She must. Therefore, put money in thy purse. If thou wilt needs damn thyself, do it a more delicate way than drowning, huh? Make all the money thou canst. If sanctimony and a frail vow betwixt an erring barbarian, a super-subtle Venetian, not too hard for my wits and all the tribe of hell, thou shalt enjoy her. Therefore, make money. A box of drowning thyself, it is clean out of the way. Seek thou rather to be hanged in compassing thy joy than to be drowned and go without her. Wilt thou be fast to my hopes? If I depend on this issue? Thou art sure of me. Go, make money. I have told thee often, and I retell thee again and again, I hate the more. My cause is hearted. Thine hath no less reason. Let us be conjunctive in our revenge against him. If thou canst cuckold him, thou dost thyself a pleasure, me a sport. There are many events in the womb of time which will be delivered. Traverse, go, provide thy money. I will have more of this tomorrow. Adieu. Where shall we meet in the morning? At my lodging. I will be with thee betimes. Go to, go. Farewell. Do you hear, Rodrigo? What to say you? No more of drowning. Do you hear? I am a changed. I will go sell all my land. Thus do I ever make my fool my purse. For I mine own gained knowledge should profane if I were time expend with such a snipe. But for my sport and profit. I hate the more. And it is thought abroad that twixt my sheets he has done my office. I don't know if it be true, but I for mere suspicion in that kind will do as if for surety. He holds me well. The better shall my purpose work on him. Cassio's a proper man. Let me see now. To get his place, and to plume up my will, in double knavery, how, how? Let's see. After some time, to abuse Othello's ear that he is too familiar with his wife. He hit a, a person and a smooth dispose to be suspected, framed to make women false. The more is of a, a free and open nature that thinks men honest it but seem to be so. 
and will be tenderly led by the nose as asses are. A heft. <laughs> it is engendered. Hell and night must bring this monstrous birth to the world's light. Attention. Radiation levels from cosmic phenomena have risen 49%. A level 5 advisory is in effect. What from the Cape can you discern at sea? Nothing at all. It is a high rot flood. I cannot. Twixt the heaven and the main, descry a sail. Methinks the wind hath spoke aloud at land. A fuller blast ne'er shook our battlements. If it hath ruffian so upon the sea, what ribs of oak when mountains melt on them can hold the mortis? What shall we hear of this? A segregation of the Turkish fleet. For do but stand upon the foaming shore, the chin and billow seems to pelt the clouds, and wind-shake surge with high and monstrous mane seems to cast water on the burning bear, and quench the guards of the ever-fixed pole, I never did like molestation view on the chafed flood. If that Turkish fleet be not in shelter and embayed, they are drowned. It is impossible they bear it out. Booze, lads. Our wars are done. The desperate tempest hath so banged the Turks that their designment halts. A noble ship of Venice hath seen a grievous wreck and sufferance on most part of their fleet. How? Is this true? The ship is here put in, a Veronessa. Michael Cassio, lieutenant of the warlike Moor Othello, has come on shore. The Moor himself at sea and is in full commission here for Cyprus. I am glad on't. Tis a worthy governor. But the same Cassio, though he speak of comfort touching the Turkish loss, yet he looks sadly, and prays for the more to be safe, for they were parted with foul and violent tempest. Pray heavens he be, for I have served him, and the man commands like a full soldier. Let's to the seaside, ho, as well to see the vessel that's come in as to throw out our eyes for brave Othello even till we make the main and the aerial blue an indistinct regard. Come, let's do so, for every minute is expectancy of more arrivals. Thanks, you the valiant of this warlike isle that so approved the more. Oh, let the heavens give him defense against the elements, for I have lost us him on a dangerous sea. Is he well shipped? His bark is stoutly timbered, his pilot a very expert and approved allowance. Therefore my hopes, not surfeited to death, stand in both cure. A sail! A sail! A sail! What noise? town is empty. On the brow of the sea stand ranks of people, and they cry, A SAIL! My hopes do shape him for the governor. They do discharge their shot of courtesy, our friends at least. I pray you, sir, go forth and give us truth who tis that is arrived. I shall. But, good lieutenant, is your general wived? Most fortunately. He hath achieved a maid the paragon's description and wild fame. One that excels the quirks of blazoning pens and... In the essential vesture of creation, thus tire the engender. How now? Who has put in? Tis one Yago, ancient to the general. Has had most favorable and happy speed. Tempests themselves, high seas and howling winds, the guttered rocks and congregated sands, uh, traitors and steep to clog the guiltless keel, as having sense of beauty, do omit their mortal natures, letting go safely by the divine Desdemona. What is she? She that I spake of, our great captain's captain. Left in the conduct of the bold Iago, whose footing here anticipates our thoughts of sudden night speed. Great Jove, Othello guard, and swell his sail with thine own powerful breath, that he may bless this bay with his tall ship, make love's quick pants in Desdemona's arms, and give renewed fire to our extincted spirits, and bring all Cyprus comfort. Behold, the riches of the ship is come on shore. Ye men of Cyprus, let her have your knees. Hail to thee, lady, by the grace of heaven, before, behind thee, and on every hand, and wheel thee round. 
I thank you, valiant Cassio. What tidings can you tell me of my lord? He has not yet arrived, nor know I aught, but that he's well and will be shortly here. Oh, but I fear. How lost you company? Uh, the, the great contention of the sea and sky is part of our fellowship. But hark, a sail! They give their greeting to the citadel. This likewise is a friend. See for the news. Good ancient, you are welcome. Welcome, mistress. Let it not gall your patience, good Iago, that I extend my manners. Tis my breeding to give me this bold show of courtesy. Sir, would she give you so much of her lips as of her tongue she oft bestows on me? You'll have enough. Alas, she has no speech. In faith, too much. I find it still when I have list to sleep. Mary, before your ladyship, I grant she puts her tongue a little in her heart and chides with thinking. You have little cause to say so. Come on, come on. You are pictures out of doors, bells in your parlors, wildcats in your kitchens, saints in your injuries, devils being offended, players in your housewifery, and housewives in your beds. Oh, fie upon thee, slanderer. Nay, it is true, or else I am a Turk. You rise to play and go to bed to work. You shall not write my praise. What wouldst thou write of me if thou shouldst praise me? Oh, gentle lady, do not put me to it. For I am nothing if not critical. Come on, say. There's one gone to the harbor. Aye, madam. I am not merry, but I do beguile the thing I am by seeming otherwise. Come, how wouldst thou praise me? I'm about it. But indeed my invention comes from my pate as bird lime does from freeze. It plucks out brains and all. But, but my muse labors. And thus she is delivered. <clears throat> if she be fair and wise, fairness and wit, the one's for use, the other useth it. Well praised. How if she be black and witty? If she be black, and thereto have a wit, She'll find a white that shall her blackness fit. Worse and worse. How if fair and foolish? She never yet was foolish that was fair, for even her folly helped her to an air. These are old fond paradoxes to make fools laugh in the alehouse. What miserable praise hast thou for her that's foul and foolish? There's none so foul and foolish thereunto, but does foul pranks, which fair and wise ones do. Oh, heavy ignorance! Thou praisest the worst best! But what praise couldst thou bestow on a deserving woman indeed? One that, in the authority of her merit, did justly put on the vouch of very malice itself. She that was ever fair and never proud, had tongue at will and yet was never loud, never lacked gold and yet went never gay, fled from her wish and yet said, Oh, now I may. She that being angered, her revenge being nigh, bade her wrong stay and her displeasure fly. She that in wisdom never was so frail to change the cod's head for the, the salmon's tail. She that could think and ne'er disclose her mind, see suitors following and not look behind. She was a white. If ever such white was... To do what? To suckle fools and chronicle small beer. A most lame and impotent conclusion. Do not learn of him, Amelia, though he be thy husband. How say you, Cassio? Is he not a most profaned and liberal counsellor? Uh, he speaks home, madam. You may relish him more in the soldier than in the scholar. 
He takes her by the palm. Aye, well said, whisper. With as little a web as this will I ensnare as great a fly as Cassio. Aye, aye, smile upon her, do. I will jive thee in thine own courtship. You say true, aunt, is so indeed. <laughs> if such tricks as these strip you out of your lieutenantry, it had been better you had not kissed your three fingers so oft. Which, now again, you are most apt to play the Syrian. Oh, very good. Well kissed. An excellent courtesy. Tis so indeed. <laughs> Yet again, your fingers to your lips. Would they were cloister pipes for your sake. The more. No, his trumpet. Tis truly so. Let's meet him and receive him. Lo, where he comes. Oh, my fair warrior. <laughs> my dear Othello. It gives me wonder, great as my content, to see you here before me. Oh, my soul's joy. If after every tempest comes such calms, may the winds blow till they have wakened death. And let the laboring bark climb hills of seas Olympus high and duck again as low as hells from heaven. If it were now to die, T'were now to be most happy, for I fear my soul hath a content so absolute that not another comfort like to this succeeds an unknown fate. The heavens forbid but that our loves and comforts should increase, even as our days do grow. Amen to that, sweet powers. I cannot speak enough of this content. It stops me here. It is too much of joy, and this... And this, the greatest discords be, hmm, that ere our hearts shall make. Oh, you are well tuned now, but I'll set down the pegs that make this music, as honest as I am. Come, let us to the castle. News, friends, our walls are done, the Turks are drowned. How does my old acquaintance of this isle? Honey, you shall be well desired in Cyprus. I have found great love amongst them. Oh, my sweet, I prattle out of fashion, and I dote in mine own comforts. I prithee, good Iago, go to the bay and disembark my coffers. Bring thou the master to the citadel. He is a good one, and his worthiness does challenge much respect. Come, Desdemona, once more, well met at Cyprus. Do thou meet me presently at the harbour. Come hither. If thou beest valiant, as they say, base men being in love have the nobility in their natures more than is native to them, list me. The lieutenant tonight watches on the court of guard. Oh, first, I must tell thee this. Desdemona is directly in love with him. With him? Why, it is not possible. Lay thy finger thus and let thy soul be instructed. Mark me with what violence she first loved him more, but for bragging and telling her fantastical lies. And will she love him still for prating? Let not thy discreet heart think it. Her eye must be fed. And what delight shall she have to look on the devil? When the blood is made dull with the act of sport, there should be again to inflame it and to give satiety a fresh appetite. 
loveliness in favour, sympathy in years, manners and beauties, all which the more is defective in. Now, for want of these required conveniences, her delicate tenderness will find itself abused, begin to heave the gorge, disrelish and abhor the more. Very nature will instruct her in it and compel her to some second choice. Now, sir, this granted, as it is a most pregnant and unforced position, who stands so eminent in the degree of this fortune as Cassio does? A knave very voluble, no further conscionable than in putting on the mere form of civil and humane seeming for the better compassing of his salt and most hidden loose affection? Why, none! Why, none! A slipper and subtle knave, a finder of occasions that has an eye can stamp and counterfeit advantages. Though true advantage never present itself a devilish knave. Besides, the knave is handsome, young, and hath all those requisites in him that folly and green minds look after. Pistol and complete knave! The woman hath found him already. I cannot believe that in her. She's full of most blessed condition. Blessed fig's end. The wine she drinks is made of grapes. If she had been blessed, she would never have loved him more. Blessed pudding. Didst thou not see her paddle with the palm of his hand? Didst not mark that? Yes, that I did. But that was but a courtesy. Lechery by this hand. An index, an obscure prologue to the history of lust and foul thoughts. They met so near with their lips that their breaths embraced together. Villainous thoughts, Rodrigo! When these mutualities so marshal the way, hard at hand comes the master and main exercise, the incorporate conclusion, pish. But, sir, be you ruled by me, I have brought you from Venice. Watch you tonight. For the command, I'll lay it upon you. Cassio knows you not. I'll not be far from you. Do you find some occasion to anger Cassio, either by uh, speaking too loud or, or tainting his discipline or from what other course you please, which the time shall more favorably minister? Well, sir, he is rash and very sudden in color, and haply may strike at you. Provoke him that he may. For even out of that will I cause these of Cyprus to mutiny, whose qualification shall come into no true taste again but by the displanting of Cassio. So shall you have a shorter journey to your desires, by the means I shall then have to prefer them, and the impediment most profitably removed, without the which there were no expectation of our prosperity. I will do this. If I can bring it to any opportunity. I warrant thee. Now meet me by and by at the citadel. I must fetch his necessaries ashore. Farewell. Adieu. That Cassio loves her, I do well believe it. That she loves him, tis apt and of great credit. The more, howbeit that I endure him not, is of a constant, loving, noble nature. And I dare think he'll prove to this demona a most dear husband. Now, I do love her too. 
not out of absolute lust, though peradventure I stand accountant for as great a sin, but partly led to diet my revenge, for that I do suspect the lusty moor hath leaped into my seat. The thought whereof doth like a poisonous mineral gnaw my inwards, and nothing can or shall content my soul till I am evened with him, wife for wife, or failing so, yet that I put the more at least into a jealousy so strong that judgment cannot cure. Which thing to do, if this poor trash of Venice, whom I trash for his quick hunting, stand the putting on, I'll have our Michael Cassio on the hip. Abuse him to the more in the hand garb, for I fear Cassio with my nightcap too. Make the more thank me, love me, and reward me. For making him egregiously an ass and practicing upon his peace and quiet even to madness. Tis here, and yet confused. Never his plain faces never seem till used. Michael, look you to the guard tonight. Let's teach ourselves that honorable stop, not to outsport discretion. Iago hath direction what to do, but notwithstanding, with my personal eye will I look to it. Iago is most honest. Michael, good night. Tomorrow with your earliest, let me have speech with you. Come, my dear love. The purchase made, the fruits are to ensue. That profit's yet to come between me and you. Good night. Welcome, Iago. We must to the watch. Not this hour, Lieutenant. It is not yet ten of the clock. Our general casteth thus early for the love of his Desdemona. Who, let us not therefore blame, he hath not yet made wanton the night with her. And she is sport for Jove. She's a most exquisite lady. And I'll warrant her full of game. Indeed, she's a most fresh and delicate creature. What an eye she has. Methinks it sounds a parley of provocation. Oh, an inviting eye. And yet, methinks right modest. And when she speaks, is it not an alarm to love? She is indeed perfection. Well, happiness to their sheets, eh? Come, Lieutenant. I have a stoop of wine. And here without are a brace of Cyprus gallants that would fain have a measure to the health of Black Othello. Not tonight, good Iago. I have very poor and unhappy brains for drinking. I could well wish courtesy would invent some other custom of entertainment. Oh, they are our friends. 
But one cup, I, I'll drink for you. <sighs> I have drunk but one cup tonight. And that was craftily qualified, too, and behold what innovation it makes here. I am unfortunate in the infirmity, and dare not task my weakness with any more. What, man? Tis a night of revels. The gallants desire it. <sighs> Where are they? Here, at the door. I pray you, call them in. <sighs> I'll do it, but it dislikes me. If I confess in but one cup upon him, with that which he hath drunk tonight already, he'll be as full of quarrel and offense as my young mistress's dog. <laughs> now, my sick fool Rodrigo, whom love hath turned almost the wrong side out, to Desdemona hath tonight caroused potations puddle deep. But he's to watch. Three lads of Cyprus, noble, swelling spirits that hold their honors in a wary distance, the very elements of this warlike isle. Have I tonight flustered with flowing cups? And they watch too. Now, amongst this flock of drunkards, am I to put Arcesio in some action that may offend the isle? Aha, but here they come. If consequence do but approve my dream, my boat sails freely, both with wind and stream. Woo! Poor God, they've given me a rouse already. Good faith, a little one. Not past a pint, as I am a soldier. Some wine, ho! Oh. And let me the canakin clink, clink, and let me the canakin clink. A soldier's a man, a life's but a span, why then let this soldier drink? <laughs> Some wine, boys! <laughs> For God, an excellent song. I learned it in England, where indeed they are most potent in potting. Your Dane, your German, and your swag-bellied Hollander, uh, drink, ho, oh, are nothing to your English. Is your Englishman so expert in his drinking? Why, he drinks you with facility, your Dane, dead drunk. He sweats not to overthrow your Almain. He gives your Hollander a vomit ere the next bottle can be filled. Uh, to the health of our general. I am for it, Lieutenant, and I'll do you justice. Oh, sweet England. King Stephen was a worthy peer. His breeches cost him but a crown. He held him sixpence all too dear. With that he called the tail down. He was a white of high renown. And thou art but of low degree, tis pride that pulls the country down. Then take thine old clock about thee. <clears throat> Some wine, oh, oh. <laughs> Why, this is a more exquisite song than the other. <laughs> Will you hear it again? No, for I hold him to be unworthy of his place that does those uh, things. Well... <clears throat> God's above all, and there be souls that must be saved, and there be souls must not be saved. It's true, good lieutenant. For mine own part. No offense to the general, or any man of quality. I hope to be saved. And so do I too, lieutenant. Aye, but by your leave, not before me. <laughs> the lieutenant is to be saved before the ancient. Let's have no more of this. Let's do our affairs. Forgive us our sins. Gentlemen... Let's look to our business. Do not think, gentlemen, I am drunk. This is my ancient. This is my right hand. And this is my left. I am not drunk now. I can stand well enough and speak well enough. Excellent well. Why, very well, then. You must not think, then, that I am drunk. To the platform, masters. Come, let's set the watch. 
You see this fellow that is gone before? He is a soldier fit to stand by Caesar and give direction. And do but see his vice. Tis to his virtue a just equinox, the one as long as the other. <sighs> this pity of him. I fear the trust Otello puts him in on some odd time of his infirmity will shake this island. But is he often thus? Tis evermore the prologue to his sleep. He'll watch the horologe double set if drink rock not his cradle. It were well the general will put in mind of it. Perhaps he sees it not, or his good nature prizes the virtue that appears in Cassio and looks not on his evils. Is not this true? Oh no, Rodrigo. I pray you, after the lieutenant. Go. And tis great pity that the noble Moor should hazard such a place as his own second with one of an engraft infirmity. It were an honest action to say so to the Moor. Not I for this fair island. I do love Cassio well and would do much to cure him of this evil... But, Hark, what noise? Help! Help! Rascal! What's the matter, Lieutenant? A knave teach me my duty. I'll beat the knave into a twig and bottle. Beat me? Dost thou prate, rogue? Nay, good Lieutenant, I pray you, sir, hold your hand. Let me go, sir, I'll knock you o'er the mazard. Come, come, you're drunk. Drunk? Away, I say. Go out and cry a mutiny. <laughs> Good lieutenant. Alas, gentlemen. Help! Oh! Lieutenant, sir. Montano, sir. Help! Oh, here's a goodly watch indeed. Who's that who drinks the bell? Diablo, hold the town will rise. God's will, lieutenant, hold! You will be shamefully. What is the matter here? Since I bleed still. I am hurt to the death. Hold for your lives! Hold, hold! Lieutenant, sir, Montano, gentlemen, have you forgot all sense of place and duty? Hold, the general speaks to you. Hold, hold for shame! Why? How now? Hold! From whence ariseth this? Are we turned Turks, and to ourselves do that which heaven hath forbid the Ottomites? For Christian shame! Put by this barbarous brawl! He that stirs next to car for his own rage holds his soul light. He dies upon his motion. Silence that dreadful bell. It frights the eye of my propriety. What is the matter, masters? Honest Iago, that looks dead with grieving, speak. Who began this? On thy love I charge I, thee. I do not know. Friends all but now, even now in quartery. In terms like bride and groom, divesting them for bed. And, and then, but now, as if some planet had unwitted men, swords out and tilting one at other's breast in opposition bloody. I cannot speak any beginning to these peevish odds, and would in action glorious I had lost those legs that brought me to a part of it. How comes it, Michael, you are thus forgot? <sighs> I pray you pardon me, I, I cannot speak. Worthy Montano, you will want to be civil. The gravity and stillness of your youth the world hath noted, and your name is great in mouths of wisest censure. What's the matter that you unlace your reputation thus and spend your rich opinion for the name of a night brawler? Give me answer to it. Worthy Othello, I am hurt to danger. Your officer Iago can inform you while I spare speech, which something now offends me. Uh, of all that I do know... 
Nor know I aught by me that said or done amiss this night, unless self-charity be sometimes a vice, and to defend ourselves it be a sin when violence assails us. Now, by heaven, my blood begins my safer guides to rule, and passion, having my best judgments collide, assays to lead the way. If I once stir, or do but lift this arm, the best of you shall sink in my rebuke. Give me to know how this foul rout began, who set it on, and he that is approved in this offense, though he be twinned with me, both at her birth, shall lose me. What, in a town of war, yet wild, the people's hearts brimful of fear, to manage private and domestic quarrel, at night and on the court and guard of safety? Tis monstrous. Iago, who begat? If partially affined or leagued in office, thou dost deliver more or less than truth, thou art no soldier. Touch me not so near. I had rather have this tongue cut from my mouth than it should do offence to Michael Cassio. Yet I persuade myself to speak the truth shall nothing wrong him. Thus it is, General. In Montano and myself being in speech, there comes a fellow crying out for help, and Cassio following him with determined sword to execute upon him. Sir, this gentleman steps into Cassio and entreats his paws. Myself the crying fellow did pursue, lest by his clamor, as it so fell out, the town might fall in fright. He, swift of foot, outran my purpose, and I returned, the rather for that I heard the, the clink and fall of swords, and Cassio high in oath, which till tonight I ne'er might say before. When I came back, for, for this was brief, I found them close together at blow and thrust, even as again they were when you yourself did part them. More of this matter I cannot I report. But men are men. The best sometimes forget. Though Cassio did some little wrong to him, as men in rage strike those that wish them best, yet surely Cassio, I believe, received from him that fled some strange indignity, which patience could not pass. I know, Iago, thy honesty and love doth mince this matter, making it light to Cassio. Cassio, I love thee, but never more be officer of mine. Look, if my gentle love be not raised up, I'll make thee an example. What's the matter? All's well now, sweeting. Come away to bed. Sir, for your hurts, myself will be your surgeon. Lead him off. Iago, look with care about the town, and silence those whom his vile brawl distracted. Come, Desdemona. Tis the soldier's life to have their balmy slumbers waked with strife. What, what are, are you hurt, Lieutenant? I passed all surgery. Mary, heaven forbid! Reputation, reputation, reputation! Oh, I have lost my reputation! I have lost the immortal part of myself. What remains is bestial. My reputation, Iago, my reputation! As I am an honest man, I thought you had received some bodily wound. There is more sense in that than in reputation. Your reputation is an idle and most false imposition. Oft got without merit and lost without deserving. You have lost no reputation at all unless you repute yourself such a loser. What, man, there are ways... 
to recover the general again? You are but now cast in his mood, a punishment more in policy than in malice. Even so, as one would beat his offenseless dog to affright an imperious lion. Sue to him again, and he's yours. I will rather sue to be despised than to deceive so good an officer with so slight, so drunken, so indiscreet an officer. Drunk, and speak parrot, and squabble, swagger, swear, and discourse fustium with one's own shadow. Oh, thou invisible spirit of wine, if thou hast no name to be known by, let us call thee devil. What was he that you followed with your sword? What had he done to you? I know not. Is it possible? I remember a mass of things, but nothing distinctly. A quarrel, but nothing wherefore. Oh, God, that men should put an enemy in their mouths to steal away their brains. That we should with joy, pleasance, revel, and applause transform ourselves into beasts. Why, but you are now well enough. How came you thus recovered? It hath pleased the devil drunkenness to give place to the devil wrath. One unperfectness shows me another, to make me frankly despise myself. Come, you are, are too severe a moraler. As the time, the place, and the condition of this country stands, I could heartily wish this had not befallen. But, since it is as it is, mend it for your own good. I will ask him for my place again. He shall tell me I am a drunkard. Had I as many mouths as Hydra, such an answer would stop them all. To be now a sensible man, by and by a fool, and presently a beast. Oh, strange. Every inordinate cup is unblessed, and the ingredient is a devil. Come, come, good wine is a good, familiar creature, if it be well used. Exclaim no more against it. And good lieutenant, eh? I think you think I love you. I have well approved it, sir. I, drunk. You or any man living may be drunk at the time, man. I'll tell you what you shall do. Our general's wife is now the general. I may say so in this respect, for that he has devoted and given up himself to the contemplation, mark, and denotement of her parts and graces. Confess yourself freely to her. Importune her help to put you in your place again. She is of so free, so kind, so apt, so blessed a disposition. She holds it a vice in her goodness not to do more than she is requested. This broken joint between you and her husband entreat her to splint her. And my fortunes against any lay worth naming, this crack of your love shall grow stronger than it was before. You advise me well. I protest in the sincerity of love and honest kindness. I think it freely. And betimes in the morning, I will beseech the virtuous Desdemona to undertake for me. I am desperate of my fortunes if they check me here. You are in the right. Well, good night, Lieutenant. I must do the watch. Good night, honest Iago. <laughs> and what, what's he then that says I play the villain? When this advice is free, I give, and honest, probable to thinking, and indeed the course to win the more again. For it is most easy the inclining Desdemona to subdue in any honest suit. She's framed as fruitful as the free elements. 
and then for her to win the more? Or to renounce his baptism, those seals and symbols of redeemed sin, his soul is so infettered to her love that she may make, unmake, do what she list? Even as her appetite shall play the god with his weak function. How am I then a villain to counsel Cassio to this parallel course directly to his good? <laughs> Divinity of hell. When devils will the blackest sins put on, they do suggest at first with heavenly shows, as I do now. For whilst this honest fool plies Desdemona to repair his fortunes, and she, for him, pleads strongly to the moor, I'll pour this pestilence into his ear, that she repeals him for her body's lust, and by how much she strives to do him good, she shall undo her credit with the moor. So will I turn her virtue into pitch, and out of her own goodness make the net that shall enmesh them all. Oh no, Rodrigo! I do not follow here in a chase. Not like a, a hound that hunts, but one that fills up the cry. My money is almost spent. I have been tonight exceedingly well cudgeled. And I think the issue will be I shall have no much experience for my pains. And so, with no money at all, and a little more wit, return again to Venice. How poor are they that have not patience? What wound did ever heal but by degrees? Thou knowest we work by wit, not by witchcraft. And wit depends on dilatory time. Does not go well? Cassio hath beaten thee, and thou, by that small hurt, hast cashiered Cassio. Though other things grow fair against the sun, yet fruits that blossom first will first be ripe. Content thyself a while. By the mass till morning, pleasure and action make the hours seem short. Retire thee, go where thou art billeted. Eh? Away, I say. Thou shalt no more hereafter. Nay, get thee gone. Two things are to be done. My wife must move her Cassio to her mistress. I'll set her on. Myself the while to draw them more apart, and bring him jump when he may Cassio find soliciting his wife. Aye, that's the way. Dull not device by coldness and delay. Masters, play here. I will content your pains. Something that's brief and bids good morrow, General. Why, Masters, have your instruments been in Naples? That they 
speak in the nose thus. How, sir, how? Are these, I pray you, wind instruments? Ay, merry are they, sir. Oh, thereby hangs a tale. Whereby hangs a tale, sir? <laughs> merry, sir, by many a wind instrument that I know. But, masters, here's money for you, and the general so likes your music that he desires you for love's sake to make no more noise with it. Well, sir, we will not. Uh, if you have any music that may not be heard, to it again. But, as they say, to hear music, the general does not greatly care. We have none such, sir. Then put up your pipes in your bag, for I'll away go, vanish into Dost thou hear, my honest friend? No, I hear not your honest friend. I hear you. Ugh, prithee, keep thy quillets. There's a poor piece of gold for thee. If the gentlewoman that attends the general's wife be stirring, tell her there's one Cassio and treats her a little favor of speech. Wilt thou do this? She is stirring, sir. If she will stir hither, I shall seem to notify unto her. Do, good my friend. In happy time, Iago. You have not been abed, then. Why, no. The day had broke before we parted. I have made bold, Iago, to send in to your wife. My suit to her is that she will, to virtuous Desdemona, procure me some access. I'll send them to you presently, and I'll devise a mean to draw the moor out of the way, that your converse and business may be more free. I humbly thank you for it. I never knew a Florentine more kind and honest. Good morrow, good lieutenant. I am sorry for your displeasure, but all will sure be well. The general and his wife were talking of it, and she speaks of you stoutly. The more replies that he you hurt is of great fame in Cyprus and great affinity, and that in wholesome wisdom he might not but refuse you. But he protests he loves you and needs no other suitor but his likings to take the safest occasion by the front to bring you in again. Yet I beseech you, if you think fit or that it may be done, Give me advantage of some brief discourse with Desdemona alone. <sighs> Pray you come in. I will bestow you where you shall have time to speak your bosom freely. I am much bound to you. These letters give Iago to the pilot. And by him do my duties to the Senate. That done, I will be walking on the works. Repair there to me. Well, my good lord, I'll do it. This fortification, gentlemen. Shall we see it? We'll wait upon your lordship. Be thou assured, good Cassio, I will do all my abilities in thy behalf. Good madam, do. I warrant it grieves my husband as if the case were his. Oh, that's an honest fellow. Do not doubt, Cassio, but I will have my lord and you again as friendly as you were. Oh, bounteous madam, whatever shall become of Michael Cassio, he's never anything but your true servant. I know it. I thank you. 
You do love my Lord, you have known him long, and be you well assured he shall in strangeness stand no further off than in a polite distance. Aye, but lady, that policy may either last so long, or feed upon such nice and waterish diet, or breed itself so out of circumstance that I, being absent and my place supplied, my general will forget my love and service. Do not doubt that. Before Amelia here, I give thee warrant of thy place. Assure thee, if I do vow a friendship, I'll perform it to the last article. My lord shall never rest. I'll watch him tame and talk him out of patience. His bed shall seem a school, his board a shrift. I'll intermingle everything he does with Cassio's suit. Therefore be merry, Cassio, for thy solicitor shall rather die than give thy cause away. Madam, here comes my lord. Uh, madam, I'll take my leave. Why stay and hear me speak? Madam, not now. I am very ill at ease, unfit for mine own purposes. Well, do your discretion. Huh. I like not that. What dost thou say? Oh, nothing, my lord. Or if I know not what. Was not that Cassio parted from my wife? Cassio, my lord? No. Sure, I cannot think it, that he would steal away so guilty-like, seeing you coming. Mm, I do believe t'was he. How now, my lord? I have been talking with a suitor here, a man that languishes in your displeasure. Who is you mean? Why, your lieutenant, Cassio. Oh, good my lord, if I have any grace or power to move you, his present reconciliation take. For if he be not one that truly loves you, that is in ignorance and not in cunning, I have no judgment in an honest face, I prithee, call him back. Went he hence now? I sooth, so humbled that he hath left part of his grief with me to suffer with him. Good love, call him back. Not now, sweet Desdemona. Some other time. But shall it be shortly? The sooner, sweet, for you. Shall it be tonight at supper? No, not tonight. Tomorrow dinner, then? I shall not dine at home. I meet the captains at the Citadel. Why, oh, then, tomorrow night? Or Tuesday morn? On Tuesday noon or night? On Wednesday morn? I prithee name the time, but let it not exceed three days. In faith he's penitent, and yet his trespass and our common reason. Save that, they say, the wars must make examples out of their best. It's not almost a fault to incur a private check. When shall he come? Tell me, Othello. I wonder in my soul what you would ask me that I should deny or stand so mammering on. What? <laughs> Michael Cassio, there came a wooing with you, and so many a time when I have spoke of you dispraisingly, hath ta'en your part to have so much to do to bring him in. Trust me, I could do so much. Oh, prithee, no more! Let him come when he will. I will deny you nothing. Why, this is not a boon. Tis as I should entreat you wear your gloves, or feed on nourishing dishes, or keep you warm, or sue to you to do a peculiar profit to your own person. Nay, when I have a suit wherein I mean to touch your love indeed, it shall be full of poise and difficult weight and fearful to be granted. I will deny thee nothing, whereon I do beseech thee, grant me this, to leave me but a little 
to myself. Shall I deny you? No. Farewell, my lord. Farewell, my Desdemona. I'll come to thee straight. Amelia, come. Be as your fancies teach you. Whate'er you be, I am obedient. Excellent wretch! Perdition, catch my soul, but I do love thee. And when I love thee not, chaos is come again. My noble lord. What dost thou say, Iago? No, did Michael Cassio, when you wooed my lady, know of your love? He did, from first to last. Why dost thou ask? But for a satisfaction of my thought, no further harm. Why of thy thought, Iago? I did not think he had been acquainted with her. Oh, yes, and went between us very often. Oh, indeed. Indeed. Aye, indeed. Discernest thou aught in that? Is he not honest? Honest, my lord. Honest. Mm, aye, honest. My lord, for, for aught I know. What dost thou think? Think, my lord? Think, my lord! By heaven, he echoes me as if there were some monster in his thought too hideous to be shown. Thou dost mean something. I heard thee say even now, thou likest not that when Cassio left my wife. What didst not like? And when I told thee he was of my counsel in my whole course of wooing, thou Christ indeed, and didst contract and purse thy brow together, as if then hadst shut up in thy brain some horrible conceit, if thou dost love me, show me thy thought. My lord, you know I love you. I think thou dost. And for I know thou'rt full of love and honesty, and waste thy words before thou givest them breath. Therefore, these stops of thine frighten me the more. For such things in a false disloyal knave are tricks of custom. But in a man that's just, they are close delations. Working from the heart of that passion that cannot rule. For Michael Cassio, I dare be sworn I think that he is honest. I think so too. Men should be what they seem, or those that be not would they might seem none. Certain, men should be what they seem. Why then, I think Cassio's an honest man. Nay, yet there's more in this. I prithee, speak to me as to thy thinkings, as thou dost ruminate, and give thy worst of thoughts the worst of words. Good my lord, pardon me. Though I am bound to every act of duty, I am not bound to that all slaves are free to. Utter my thoughts, why say they are vile and false? As words that palace were unto foul things sometimes intrude not, eh? Who has a breast so pure? But some cleanly apprehensions keep leets and laudes, and in session sit with meditations lawful. Thou dost conspire against thy friend, Iago, if thou but thinkest him wronged, and makest his ear stranger to thy thoughts. I do beseech you, though I perchance am vicious in my guess, as I confess it is my nature's plague to spy into abuses, and oft my jealousy shapes faults that are not, that your wisdom yet from one that so imperfectly conceits would take no notice, nor build yourself a trouble out of his scattering and unsure observance. It were not for your quiet, nor your good, nor for my manhood, honesty, or wisdom to let you know my thoughts. What dost thou mean? Good name in man and woman, dear my lord, 
is the immediate jewel of their souls. Who steals my purse steals trash. It is something, nothing was mine, it is his, and has been slave to thousands. But he that filches from me my good name, robs me of that which not enriches him, and makes me poor indeed. By heaven, I'll know thy thoughts. You cannot, if my heart were in your hand, nor shall not whilst it is in my custody. Ha! Beware, my lord, of jealousy. It is the green-eyed monster which doth mock the meat it feeds on. That cuckold lives in bliss, who, certain of his fate, loves not his wronger. But oh, what damned minutes tells he o'er who dotes yet doubts, suspects yet strongly loves. Oh, misery! Poor and content is rich, and rich enough. But riches fineless is as poor as winter to him that ever fears he shall be poor. Good heaven, the souls of all my tribe defend from jealousy. Why? Why is this? Thinkest thou I'll make a lie of jealousy, to follow still the changes of the moon with fresh suspicions? No, to be once in doubt is once to be resolved. Exchange me for a goat when I shall turn the business of my soul to such exofflicate and blown surmises, matching thy inference. Tis not to make me jealous to say my wife is fair, feeds well, loves company, is free of speech, sings, plays and dances well. Where virtue is, these are more virtuous. Nor from mine own weak merits will I draw the smallest fear or doubt of her revolt. For she had eyes and chose me. No, Iago, I'll see before I doubt. When I doubt, prove. And on the proof, there is no more but this. Away at once with love or jealousy. I am glad of it. For now, I shall have reason to show the love and duty that I bear you with franker spirit. Therefore, as I am bound, receive it from me. I speak not yet of proof. Look to your wife. Observe her well with Cassio. Eh? Wear your eye thus, not jealous nor secure. I would not have your free and noble nature out of self-bounty be abused. Look to it. I know our country disposition well. In Venice they do let heaven see the pranks they dare not show their husbands. Their best conscience is not to lift undone, but kept unknown. Dost thou say so? She did deceive her father marrying you. And when she seemed to shake and fear your looks, she loved the most. And so she did. Why go to then? As she that so young could give out such a seeming to seal her father's eyes up close as oak, he thought was witchcraft. But I, I am much to blame. I, I humbly do beseech you of your pardon for too much loving you. I am bound to thee forever. I see this hath a little dashed your spirits. Not a jot, not a jot. If fate I fear it has, I hope you will consider what is spoke comes from my love. But I do see you're moved. I am to pray you not to strain my speech to grosser issues, nor to larger reach than to suspicion. I will not. Should you do so, my lord, my speech should fall into such vile success as my thoughts aim not at. Cassius, my worthy friend. My lord, I see you're moved. No, not much moved. I do not think but Desdemona's honest. Long live she so. 
and long live you to think so. And yet, how nature erring from itself? Aye, there's the point. As, to be bold with you, not to affect many proposed matches of our own clime, complexion, and degree. Where do we see in all things, nature tends... One may smell in such a wheel most rank, foul, disproportionate, thoughts unnatural. But pardon me, I, I did not in, in position distinctly speak of her. Though I may fear her will, recoiling to her better judgment, may fall to match you with her country forms and happily repent. Farewell, farewell. If more thou dost perceive, let me know more. Set on thy wife to observe. Leave me, Iago. My lord, I take my leave. Why did I marry? This honest creature doubtless sees and knows more, much more than he unfolds. My lord, I would I might entreat your honor to scan this thing no further. Leave it to time. Though it befit that Cassio have his place, for sure he fills it up with great ability. Yet, if you please to hold him off a while, you shall by that perceive him in his means. Note, if your lady strain his entertainment with any strong or vehement importunity, much will be seen in that. In the meantime, let me be thought too busy in my fears, as worthy cause I have to fear I am, and hold her free, I do beseech your honour. Fear not my government. I once more take my leave. This fellow's of exceeding honesty, and knows all qualities with a learned spirit of human dealings. If I do prove her haggard, though that her jesses were my dear heartstrings, I'll whistle her off and let her down the wind to pray at fortune. Happily, for I am black and have not those soft parts of conversation that chamberers have, or for I'm declined into the veil of years, yet that's not much. She's gone. I am abused, and my relief must be to loathe her. Oh, curse of marriage, that we can call these delicate creatures ours and not their appetites. I'd rather be a toad and live upon the vapor of a dungeon than keep a corner in the thing I love for others' uses. Yet, tis the plague of great ones, Prerogatives are they less than the base. Tis destiny unshunnable, like death. Even then this forked plague is fated to us when we do quicken. If she be false, oh, then heaven mocks itself. I'll not believe it. Desdemona comes. How now, my dear Othello? Your dinner and the generous islanders by you invited do attend your presence. I am to blame. Why do you speak so faintly? Are you not well? I have a pain upon my forehead here. Faith is with watching. Twill away again. Let me but bind it hard. Within this hour it will be well. Your napkin is too little. Let it alone. Come. I'll go in with you. I am very sorry that you are not well.
Oh, <laughs> I am glad I have found this napkin. This was her first remembrance from the moor. My wayward husband has a hundred times wooed me to steal it, but she so loves the token, for he conjured her she should ever keep it, that she reserves it evermore about her to kiss and talk to. I'll have the work taken out and give it to Iago, but he will do it that heaven knows, not I. I nothing but please his fancy. How now? What do you hear alone? Do not you chide. I have a thing for you. Oh, a thing for me? It is a common thing. Ha! Huh. To have a foolish wife. Oh, is that all? What will you give me now for the same handkerchief? What handkerchief? <laughs> what handkerchief? Why, that the moor first gave to Desdemona, that which so often you did bid me steal. I stolen it from her? No, Faith. She let it drop by negligence, and to the advantage, I being here, took it up. Look, here it is. A good witch. Give it me. What will you do with that you have been so earnest to have me filch it? Why? What's that to you? If it not be for some purpose of import, give it me again. Poor lady, she'll run mad when she shall lack it. Be not agnonant. I have use for it. Go, leave me. I will, in Cassio's lodging, loose this napkin and let him find it. Trifles light as air are to the jealous, confirmation strong as proofs of holy hit. This may do something. The more already changes with my poison, Dangerous conceits are in their natures, poisons, which at the first are scarce found to distaste, but with a little act upon the blood, burn like the mines of sulfur. I did say so. <laughs> Not poppy, nor mandragora, nor all the drowsy syrups of the world shall ever medicine thee to that sweet sleep which thou owedst yesterday. Look where he comes. Ha! False to me? Why, how now, General? Uh, no more of that. Avant, be gone! Thou hast set me on the rack. I swear it is better to be much abused than but to know it a little. How now, my lord? What sense had I of her stolen hours of lust? I sought not, thought it not. It harmed not me. I slept the next night well, was free and merry, I found not Cassio's kisses on her lips. He that is robbed, not wanting what is stolen, let him not know it, and he's not robbed at all. I am sorry to hear this. I had been happy. If the general camp, pioneers and all, had tasted her sweet body, so I had nothing known. Oh, now forever farewell the tranquil mind. Farewell content. Farewell the plumed troop and the big walls that make ambition virtue. Oh, farewell. Farewell the neighing steed and the shrill trump, the spirit-stirring drum, the ear-piercing fife, the royal banner in all quality, pride, pomp, and circumstance of glorious war. And oh, you mortal engines, whose rude throats the immortal Jove's dead clamors counterfeit. 
Farewell. Othello's occupation's gone. Is't possible, my lord? Villain, be sure thou prove my love a whore. Be sure of it. Give me the ocular proof. Or by the worth of man's eternal soul, thou hast been better have been born a dog than answer my awakened wrath. Uh, is come to this. Make me see it. Or, at least, so prove it, that the probation bear no hinge nor loop to hang a doubt on. Or woe upon thy life! Uh, my noble lord, uh... If thou dost slander her and torture me, never pray more. Abandon all remorse. On horror's head, horrors accumulate. Do deeds to make heaven weep, all earth amazed. For nothing canst thou to damnation and greater than that. Oh, Grace, oh, heaven forgive me. Are you a man? Have you a soul or sense? God be with you, take mine office. Wretched fool that livest to make thine honesty a vice. Monstrous world, take note. Take note, a world to be direct and honest is not safe. I thank you for this prophet, and from hence I'll love no friend, sith love breeds such offense. Nay, stay. Thou shouldst be honest. I should be wise, for honest is a fool, and loses that it works for. By the world, I think my wife be honest, and think she is not. I think that thou art just, and think thou art not. I'll have some proof. Her name, that was as fresh as Dian's visage, is now begrimed and black as mine own face. If there be cords or knives, poison or fire, or suffocating streams, I'll not endure it. Would I were satisfied. I see, sir, you are eaten up with passion. I do repent me that I put it to you. You would be satisfied? Would? Nay, I will. And may, but how? How satisfied, my lord? Would you, the supervisor, grossly gape on... Behold her topped? Death and damnation! Oh! It were a tedious difficulty, I think, to bring them to that prospect. Damn them, then, if, if ever mortal eyes do see them bolster more than their own. What, then? How, then? What shall I say? Where's the satisfaction? It is impossible you should see this, were they as... Prime as goats, as hot as monkeys, as salt as wolves in pride, and fools as gross as ignorance made drunk. But yet, I say, if imputation and strong circumstances, which lead directly to the door of truth, will give you satisfaction, you may have it. Give me a living reason she's disloyal. I do not like the office. But, sith I am entered in this cause so far, pricked to it by foolish honesty and love, I will go on. I lay with Cassio lately, and being troubled with a raging tooth, I could not sleep. There are a kind of men so loose of soul that in their sleeps will mutter their affairs. One of this kind is Cassio. In sleep, I heard him say, Sweet Desdemona, let us be wary. Let us hide our loves. And then, sir, would he grip and wring my hand, cry, O oh, sweet creature, and then kiss me hard. 
as if he plucked up kisses by the roots that grew upon my lips, then laid his leg over my thigh, and sighed, and, and kissed, and then cried, The cursed fate that gave thee to the moor. Oh, monstrous! Monstrous! And nay, this was but his dream. But this denoted a foregone conclusion. Tis a shrewd doubt, though it be but a dream. And this may help to thicken other proofs that do demonstrate thinly. I'll tear her all to pieces. Nay, but be wise. Yet we see nothing done, and she may be honest yet. Tell me about this. Have you not sometimes seen a handkerchiefs uh, spotted with strawberries in your wife's hand? I gave her such a one. Twas my first gift. I know not that. But such a handkerchief, I am sure it was your wife's. Did I today see Cassio wipe his beard with? Oh, if it be that. If it be that, or any that was hers. It speaks against her with the other proofs. Oh, that the slave had 40,000 lives. One is too poor, too weak for my revenge. Now do I see it is true. Look here, Iago. All my fond love thus do I blow to heaven. Tis gone. Arise, black vengeance, from thy hollow cell. Yield up, O love, thy crown and hearted throne to tyrannous hate. Swell, bosom with thy fraught, for tis of aspect's tongue. Yet be content. Blood, blood, blood. Patience, I say. Your mind perhaps may change. Never, Iago. Like to the Pontic Sea, whose icy current and compulsive course ne'er feels retiring ebb, but keeps due on to the Propontic and the Hellespont, even so my bloody thoughts, with violent pace, shall ne'er look back, ne'er ebb to humble love, till that a capable and wide revenge swallow them up. Now, by yond marble heaven, in the due reverence of a sacred vow, I here engage my words. Do not rise yet. Witness, you ever-burning lights above, you elements that clip us round about, Witness that here Iago doth give up the execution of his wit, hands, heart, to wronged Othello's service. Let him command, and to obey shall be in the remorse what bloody business ever. I greet thy love, not with vain thanks, but with acceptance bounteous, and will upon the instant put thee to it. Within these three days, let me hear thee say that Cassio's not alive. My friend is dead, tis done at your request. But let her live. Damn her, lewd minx. Oh, damn her. Come, go with me apart. I will withdraw to furnish me with some swift means of death for the fair devil. Now art thou my lieutenant. I am your own forever. Do you know, Sarah, where Lieutenant Cassio lies? Uh, oh, I dare not say he lies anywhere. Why, man? He's a soldier, and for one to say a soldier lies 
is stabbing. Go to. Where lodges he? To tell you where he lodges is to tell you where I lie. Can anything be made of this? I know not where he lodges, and for me to devise a lodging and say he lies here or he lies there were to lie in mine own throat. Can you inquire him out and be edified by report? I will catechize the world for him. Uh, that is, make questions and by them answer. Seek him. Bid him come hither. Tell him I have moved my lord on his behalf and hope all will be well. To do this is within the compass of man's wit, and therefore I will attempt the doing it. Where should I lose that handkerchief, Amelia? I know not, madam. Believe me, I had rather lost my purse full of crucidos, and but my noble moor is true of mind, and made of no such baseness as jealous creatures are. It were enough to put him to ill-thinking. Is he not jealous? Who he... I think the sun where he was born drew all such humours from him. Look where he comes. I will not leave him now till Cassio be called to him. How is't with you, my lord? Well, my good lady. Oh, hardness to dissemble. How do you, Desdemona? Well, my good lord. Give me your hand. This hand is moist, my lady. It yet hath felt no age, nor known no sorrow. The Saryu's fruitfulness and liberal heart... Hot, hot, and moist. This hand of yours requires a sequester from liberty. Fasting and prayer, much castigation, exercise, devout. For here's a young and sweating devil here that commonly rebels. Tis a good hand, a frank one. You may indeed say so, for twas that hand that gave away my heart. A liberal hand. The hearts of old gave hands, but our new heraldry is hand. Not hearts. I cannot speak of this. Come now, your promise. What promise, Chuck? I have sent to bid Cassio come speak with you. I have a salt, and sorry room offends me. Lend me thy handkerchief. Here, my lord. That which I gave you. I have it not about me. Not? No, indeed, my lord. That is a fault. That handkerchief did an Egyptian to my mother give. She was a charmer and could almost read the thoughts of people. She told her, while she kept it, could make her amiable and subdue my father entirely to her love. But if she lost it, or made gift of it, my father's eye should hold her loathed, and his spirits should hunt after new fancies. She, dying, gave it to me, and bid me, when my fate would have me wife, to give it to her. I did so. And take heed on't, make it a darling like your precious eye, to lose or give it away with such a perdition as nothing else could match. Is possible? Tis true. There's magic in the web of it. A sibyl that had numbered in the world the sun to course two hundred compasses. In her prophetic fury sowed the work. The worms were hollowed that did breathe the silk, and it was dyed in mummy which the skillful conserved of maidens' hearts. Indeed, is true. Most veritable. Therefore, look to it well. Then would to God that I had never seen it. Ha! Wherefore? Why do you speak so startlingly and rash? Is lost? Is gone? Speak! 
Is it out of the way? Heaven bless us. Say you? It is not lost. But what and if it were? How? I say, it is not lost. Fetched. Let me see it. Why, so I can, sir. But I will not now. This is a trick to put me from my suit. Pray you, let Cassio be received again. Fetch me the handkerchief. My mind misgives. Come, come. You'll never meet a more sufficient man. A handkerchief. I pray, talk me of Cassio. A handkerchief. The man that all his time hath founded his good fortunes on your love, shared dangers with you. A handkerchief. In sooth, you are to blame. Away! Is not this man jealous? I ne'er saw this before. Sure there's some wonder in this handkerchief. I am most unhappy in the loss of it. Tis not a year or two shows us a man. They are all but stomachs and we all but food. To eat us hungrily and when they are full, they belch us. Look you, Cassio and my husband. There is no other way. It is she must do it. And lo, the happiness. Go and importuna. How now, good Cassio? What's the news with you? Madam, my former suit. I do beseech you that by your virtuous means I may again exist, and be a member of his love whom I with all the office of my heart entirely honor. I would not be delayed. If my offense be of such mortal kind that nor my service past, nor present sorrows, nor purposed merit in futurity can ransom me into his love again, but to know so must be my benefit. So shall I clothe me in a forced content and shut myself up in some other course to fortune's alms. Alas, thrice gentle Cassio, my advocation is not now in tune. My lord is not my lord, nor should I know him, were he in favor as in humor altered. So help me, every spirit sanctified, as I have spoken for you all my best, and stood within the blank of his displeasure for my free speech. You must a while be patient. What I can do, I will, and more I will than for myself I dare. Let that suffice you. Is my lord angry? You enhance but now, and certainly in strange unquietness. Can he be angry? I have seen the cannon when it had blown his ranks into the air, and like the devil from his very arm puffed his own brother. And can he be angry? Something of moment, then. I will go meet him. There's matter in indeed if he be angry. I prithee, do so. Something sure of state, either from Venice, or some unhatched practice made demonstrable here in Cyprus to him, hath puddled his clear spirit. And in such cases, men's natures wrangle with inferior things, though great things are their object. Tis even so, for let our finger ache, and it endues our other healthful members even to that sense of pain, nay, we must think men are not gods nor of them look for such observances as fit the bridle. Beshrew me much, Amelia. I was, unhandsome warrior as I am, arraigning his unkindness with my soul. But now I find I had suborned the witness, and he's indicted falsely. Pray heaven it be state matters as you think, and no conception nor no jealous toy concerning you. Alas the day. I never gave him cause. <laughs> but jealous souls will not be answered so. They are not ever jealous for the cause, but jealous for they are jealous. 
Tis a monster begot upon itself, born on itself. Heaven keep that monster from Othello's mind. Lady, amen. I will go seek him. Cassio, walk hereabout. If I do find him fit, I'll move your suit and seek to effect it to my uttermost. I humbly thank your ladyship. Save you, friend Cassio. What make you from home? How is it with you, my most fair Bianca? If a sweet love, I was coming to your house. And I was going to your lodging, Cassio. What? Keep a week away? Seven days and nights? Eight score, eight hours. And lovers, absent hours, more tedious than the dial eight score times. Oh, weary reckoning. Pardon me, Bianca. I have this while with leaden thoughts impressed, but I shall, in a more continuate time, strike off this score of absence, sweet Bianca. Take me this workout. Oh, Cassio, whence came this? This is some token from a newer friend. To the felt absence now I feel a cause is come to this. Well, well. Go to, woman. Throw your vile guesses in the devil's teeth from whence you have them. You are jealous now that this is from some mistress, some remembrance. No, in good troth, Bianca. Why? Whose is it? I, I know not, sweet. I found it in my chamber. I like the work well, ere it be demanded. As like enough it will, I'll have it copied. Take it and do it, and leave me for this time. Leave you? Wherefore? I do attend here on the general, and I think it no addition, nor my wish, to have him see me woman. Why? I pray you. Not that I love you not. You do not love me. I pray you, bring me on the way a little, and say if I shall see you soon at night. Tis but a little way that I can bring you, for I attend here, but I'll see you soon. Tis very good. I must be circumstanced. Will you think so? Think so, Iago? What, to kiss in private? An unauthorized kiss. Or to be naked with her friend in bed an hour or more, not meaning any harm. Naked in bed, Iago, and not mean harm. It is hypocrisy against the devil. They that mean virtuously and yet do so, the devil their virtue tempts, and they tempt heaven. So they do nothing to the... A venial slip. But if I give my wife a handkerchief... What then? Why then, tis hers, my lord. And being hers, she may, I think, bestow it on any man. She is protective of her honor, too. May she give that? Her honor is an essence that's not seen. I have it very often, have it not. But for the handkerchief... By heaven, I would most gladly have forgot it. Thou saidst, it comes o'er my memory as doth the raven or the infected house, boding to all, he had my handkerchief. Aye, what of that? That's not so good now. What if I said I had seen him do you wrong? Or heard him say, as knaves be such abroad, having by their own importunate suit or voluntary dotage of some mistress convinced or supplied them, cannot choose but they must blame... Have he said anything? Hath, my lord. But be you well assured, no more than he'll unswear. What have he said? Faith that he did... I 
know what what he did. What? What? Lie. With her? With her, on her, what you will. Lie with her. Lie on her. We say lie on her when they be lie her. Lie with her. That's fulsome. Handkerchief. Confessions. Handkerchief. To confess and be hanged for his labor. First, to be hanged and then to confess. I tremble at it. Nature would not invest herself in such shadowing passion without some instruction. It is not words that shake me thus. Fish, noses, ears, lips. Is possible? Confess, handkerchief. Oh, devil! Work on my medicine, work. Thus credulous fools are caught. And many worthy and chaste dames, even thus all guiltless, meet reproach. What ho? My lord! My lord, I say Othello! How now, Cassio? What, what's the matter? My lord has fallen into an epilepsy. This is his second fit. He had one yesterday. Uh, uh, rub, him up, rub him about the temples. No, uh, forbear. The lethargy must have his quiet course. If not, he foams at mountain, and by and by breaks out into savage madness. Look, he stirs. Do you withdraw yourself a little while? He will recover straight. When he is gone, I would on great occasion speak with you. How is it, General? Have you not hurt your head? Dost thou mock me? I mock you? No, by heaven. Would you would bear your fortune like a man? A hoarded man's a monster and a beast. There's many a beast then in a populous city, and many a civil monster. Did he confess it? Good sir, be a man. Think every bearded fellow that's but yoked may draw with you. There's millions now alive that nightly lie in those unproper beds which they dare swear peculiar. Your case is better. Tis despite of hell, the fiend's arch mock to lip a wanton in a secure couch, and to suppose her chaste. No, let me know. Knowing what I am, I know what she shall be. Oh, thou art wise. Tis certain. Stand you a while apart. Confine yourself but in a patient list. Whilst you were here overwhelmed with your grief, a passion most unsuiting such a man, Cassio came hither. I shifted him away and laid good excuse upon your ecstasy, bade him anon return and he'll speak with me, the which he promised. Do but encave yourself, and mark the, the fleers, the, the jibes, and notable scorns that dwell in every region of his face, for I will make him tell the tale anew, where, how, how oft, how long, and when he hath, and is again to cope your wife. I say, but mark his gesture. Mary, patience. But I shall say you are all in all in spleen and nothing of a man. Dost thou hear, Iago? I will be found most cunning in my patience. But dost thou hear most bloody? That's not amiss, but yet keep time in all. Will you withdraw? Now will I question Cassio of Bianca, a housewife that by... Selling her desires, buys herself bread and clothes. It is a creature that dotes on Cassio. 
and is this trumpet's plague to beguile many and be beguiled by one, he, when he hears of her, cannot refrain from the excess of laughter. Ah, here he comes. As he shall smile, Othello shall go mad, and his unbookish jealousy must construe poor Cassio's smiles, gestures, and light behavior quite in their own. How do you know, Lieutenant? The worser that you give me the addition whose want even kills me. Ply Desdemona well, and you are sure of it. Now, if this suit lay in Bianca's power, how quickly should you speed? Alas, <laughs> poor Cato. Look how he laughs already. <laughs> I never knew woman love man so. Alas, poor rogue. <laughs> I think of faith she loves me. Now he denies it fatally and laughs it out. Do you hear, Cassio? Now he importunes him to tell it all. Go to. Well said. Well said. She gives it out that you shall marry her. <laughs> Do you intend it? Do you triumph, Roman? Do you triumph? I marry her? What, a customer? Pretty, bear me some charity to my wit. Do not think it's so unwholesome. <laughs> so, 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 so. They laugh that when. Faith, the cry goes that you shall marry her. Prithee, say true. I am a very villain else. Have you scored me? Well. Oh, this is the monkey's own giving out. She is persuaded I will marry her out of her own love and flattery, not out of my promise. Iago beckons me. Now he begins the story. She was here even now. She haunts me in every place. I was the other day talking on the sea bank with certain Venetians. And thither comes the bauble, and by this hand she falls me thus about the neck. Crying, oh dear Cassio, as it were. His gesture supports it. So hangs and lolls and weeps upon me. So hails and pulls me. <laughs> now he tells how she plucked him to my chamber. Oh, I see that nose of yours, but not that dog I shall throw it to. Well, I must leave her company. Before me, look where she comes. Oh, tis another fit you. Marry a perfumed one. What do you mean by this haunting of me? Let the devil and his dam haunt you. What did you mean by that same handkerchief you gave me even now? I was a fine fool to take it. I must take out the work, a likely piece of work, that you should find it in your chamber and not know who left it there? This is some minx's token, and I must take out the work. There! Give it to your hobby horse, wheresoever you had it. I'll take out no work on it. How now, my sweet Bianca? How now? How now? By heaven, that should be my handkerchief. And you come to supper tonight, you may? And you will not come when you are next prepared for. After her, after her! Faith, I must. She'll rail in the street else. Will you sup there? Yes, I intend so. Well, I may chance to see you, for I would very fain speak with you. Prithee come, will you? Huh? Go to. Say no more. How shall I murder him, Iago? Did you perceive how he left at his vice? Oh, Iago. And did you see the handkerchief? Was that mine? Yours, by this hand. And to see how he prizes the foolish woman, your wife. 
She gave it him, and he had given it his whore. I would have him nine years a killing. A fine woman. A fair woman, a sweet woman. Hey, you must forget that. I let her rot and perish and be damned tonight, for she shall not live. No, my heart has turned to stone. I strike it, and it hurts my hand. Oh, the world hath not a sweeter creature. She might lie by an emperor's side and command him tasks. Nay, that's not your way. Hang her. I do but say what she is. So delicate with her needle. An admirable musician. Oh, she will sing the savageness out of the bear. So high and plenteous wit and invention. She's the worst for all this. Oh, a thousand times. And then, of so gentle a condition. Aye, too gentle. Nay, that's certain. But yet the pity of it, Iago. Oh, Iago. The pity of it, Iago. I feel so fond over her iniquity. Give her pattern to offend. For if it touch not you, it comes near nobody. I will chop her into messes. Cuckold me! Oh, tis foul in her. With mine officer. That's fouler. Get me some poison, Yaga. This night, I will not expostulate with her, lest her body and beauty unprovide my mind again. This night, Yaga. Do it not with poison. Strangle her in her bed, even the bed she hath contaminated. Good, good. The justice of it pleases. Very good. And for Cassio, let me be his undertaker. You shall hear more by midnight. Excellent, good. What a trumpet is that saying? Something from Venice, sure. Tis Lodovico, come from the Duke. See, your wife is with him. Save you, worthy general. With all my heart, sir. The Duke and Senators of Venice greet you. Huh. I kiss the instruments of their pleasures. And what's the news, good cousin? I am very glad to see you, Signor. Welcome to Cyprus. I thank you. How does Lieutenant Cassio? Lives, sir. Cousin, there's fallen between him and my lord an unkind breach, but you shall make all well. Are you sure of that? My lord? This, ah, uh, this fail you not to do, as you will. He did not call. He's busy in the paper. Is there division twixt my lord and Cassio? A most unhappy one. I would do much to atone them for the love I bear to Cassio. Fire and brimstone! My lord? Are you wise? What, is he angry? Maybe the letter moved him, for, as I think, they do command him home, deputing Cassio and his government. Trust me, I'm glad on it. Indeed. My lord? I am glad to see you mad. Why, sweet Othello? <laughs> Devil! I have not deserved this. My lord, this would not be believed in Venice, though I should swear I sought. It is very much. Make her amends. She weeps. Devil! Devil, if that the earth could teem with women's tears, each drop she falls would prove a crocodile. Out of my sight! I will not stay to offend you. Truly an obedient lady. I do beseech your lordship, call her back. Mistress! My lord? What would you with her, sir? Who? I, my lord? I. You did wish that I would make her turn. Sir, she can turn, and turn, and yet go on, and turn again. And she can weep, sir, weep. And she's obedient, as you say. Obedient, very obedient. 
Proceed, you, in your tears. Concerning this, uh, oh, well-painted passion, I am commanded home. Get you away. I'll send for you anon, sir. I obey the mandate and will return to Venice. Hence, avant! Cassio shall have my place. And, sir, tonight I do entreat that we may sup together. You are welcome, sir, to Cyprus. Goats and monkeys! Is this the noble Moor whom our full senate call all in all sufficient? Is this the nature whom passion could not shake? Whose solid virtue the shot of accident nor dart of chance could neither graze nor pierce? He is much changed. Are his wits safe? Is he not light of brain? He's that he is. I may not breathe my censure what he might be. If what he might he is not, I would to heaven he were. What, strike his wife? Faith, that was not so well. Yet what I knew that stroke would prove the worst. Is it his use? Or did the letters work upon his blood and new create this fault? Alas, alas, I, it is not honesty in me to speak what I have seen and known. You shall observe him, and his own courses will denote him so that I may save my speech. Do but go after, and, and mark how he continues. I am sorry that I am deceived in him. You have seen nothing, then? Nor ever heard, nor ever did suspect. Yes, you have seen Cassio and she together. But then I saw no harm, and then I heard each syllable the breath made up between them. What, did they never whisper? Never, my lord. Nor send you out of the way? Never. To fetch a fan, her gloves, a mask, nor nothing? Never, my lord. Hmm, that's strange. I durst, my lord, to wager she is honest. Lay down my soul at stake. If you think other, remove your thought. It doth abuse your bosom. If any wretch hath put this in your head, let heaven requite it with the serpent's curse. For if she be not honest, chaste, and true, there's no man happy. The purest of their wives is foul as slander. Bitter, come hither. Go. She says enough. Yet she's a simple bore that cannot say as much. This is a subtle whore. A closet, lock, and key of villainous secrets, and yet she'll kneel and pray. I have seen her do it. My lord, what is your will? Pray, Chuck, come hither. What is your pleasure? Let me see your eyes. Look in my face. What horrible fancies this? Some of your function, mistress. Leave Progreance alone and shut the door. Cough or cry hem if anybody come. Your mystery. Your mystery. Nay, dispatch. Upon my knees, what doth your speech import? I understand a fury in your words, but not the words. Why? What art thou? Your wife, my lord. Your true and loyal wife. Swear it. Damn thyself blessed. Being like one of heaven, the devils of themselves should fear to seize thee. Therefore be double damned. Swear thou art honest. Heaven doth truly know it. Heaven truly knows that thou art false as hell. To whom, my lord? With whom? How am I false? Oh, Desdemona. Away. 
Away, away! Alas, the heavy day. Why do you weep? Am I the motive of these tears, my lord? If haply you, my father, do suspect an instrument of this your calling back, lay not your blame on me. If you have lost him, why I have lost him too. Had it pleased heaven to try me with affliction, had they rained all kinds of sores and shames upon my bare head, steeped me in poverty to the very lips, given to captivity me and my utmost hopes, I should have found in some place of my soul a drop of patience. But alas, to make a fixed figure for the time of scorn to point his slow, unmoving finger at. Yet could I bear that too? Well, very well. But there, where I have garnered up my heart, where either I must live or bear no life, the fountain from the which my current runs or else dries up, to be discarded thence, or keep it as a cistern for foul toads to not engender in. Turn thy complexion there, patience, thou young and rose-lipped cherubim. I there look grim as hell. I hope my noble lord esteems me honest. Oh, aye, as summer flies are in the shambles, that quicken even with blowing. O oh, thou weed who art so lovely fair and smells so sweet that the sense aches at thee, but thou hast never been born. Alas, what ignorant sin have I committed? Was this fair paper, this most goodly book, made to write whore upon? What committed? Committed! O oh, thou public commoner, I should make very forges of my cheeks that would to cinders burn up my modesty, did I but speak thy deeds. What committed? Heaven stops the nose at it, and the moon winks. The body wind that kisses all it meets is hushed within the hollow mine of earth, and will not hear it. What committed? Impudent strumpet! By heaven you do me wrong. Are you not a strumpet? No, as I am a Christian. If to preserve this vessel for my lord from any other foul unlawful touch be not to be a strumpet, I am none. What, not a whore? No, as I shall be saved. Is possible? Oh, heaven forgive us. I cry you mercy, then. I took you for that cunning whore of Venice that married with Othello. You, mistress that have the office opposite to St. Peter, and keep the gate of hell. You, you, I, you. You have done your course. There's money for your pains. I pray you, turn the key and keep your counsel. Alas, what does this gentleman conceive? How do you, madam? How do you, my good lady? Faith, half asleep. Good madam, what's the matter with my lord? With who? Why, with my lord, madam. Who is thy lord? He that is yours, sweet lady. I have none. Do not talk to me, Amelia. I cannot weep. Nor answer have I none, but what should go by water, prithee, tonight lay on my bed my wedding sheets. Remember, and call thy husband hither. Here's a change indeed. Tis meet I should be used so very meet. How have I been behaved, that he might stick the smallest opinion, or my least misuse? 
What is your pleasure, madam? How is it with you? I cannot tell. Those that do teach young babes do it with gentle means and easy tasks. You might have chide me so. Well, in good faith, I am a child to chiding. Well, what's the matter, lady? Alas, Iago, my lord, hath so behoard her, thrown such despite and heavy terms upon her as two hearts cannot bear. Am I that name, Iago? What name, fair lady? Such as she says, my lord did say I was. He called her whore. A beggar in his drink could not have laid such terms upon his callet. Why did he so? I do not know. I am sure I am none such. Do not weep, do not weep. Last a day. Hath she forsook so many noble matches, her father and her country and her friends, to be called whore? Would it not make one weep? It is... My wretched fortune. Beshrew him, Fort. How comes this trick upon him? Nay, heaven doth know. I will be hanged if some eternal villain, some busy and insinuating rogue, some cogging, cousining slave to get some office have not devised this slander. I'll be hanged else. Fie, there is no such man. It is impossible. Very such there be. Heaven pardon him. Halter pardon him, and hell gnaw his bones. Why should he call her whore? Who keeps her company? What place? What time? What form? What likelihood? The Moors abused by some most villainous knave, some base, notorious knave, some scurvy fellow. Oh, heaven, that such companions thou'st unfold and put in every honest hand a whip to lash the rascals naked through the world, even from the east to the west. And speak within door. Oh, fie upon them. Some such squire he was that turned your wit the seamy side without and made you to suspect me with the more. You are a fool. Now go to. Oh, good Iago. What shall I do to win my lord again? Good friend, go to him. For by this light of heaven, I know not how I lost him. Ere I kneel, if e'er my will to trespass gangster's love, either in discourse of thought or actual deed, or that mine eyes, mine ears, or any sense delighted them in any other form, or that I do not yet and ever did, and ever will, Though he do shake me off to beggarly divorcement. Love him dearly. Comfort forswear me. Unkindness may do much. And his unkindness may defeat my life, but never taint my love. I cannot say for. It, it doesn't for me now I speak the word. To do the end. That might the addition earn not the world's mess of vanity could make me. I pray you, be content. Tis but his humour. The business of the state does him offence, and he does chide with you. If to her no other. Tis but so, I warrant. Hark, how these instruments summon to supper. The messengers of Venice stay the meat. Go in, and weep not. All things shall be well.
How now, Rodrigo? I do not find that thou dealest justly with me. What on the contrary? Every day thou darest me with some device, Iago. And rather, as it seems to me now, keepest from me all the conveniency than suppliest me with the least advantage of hope. I will no longer endure it. Nor am I yet persuaded to put up in peace what I have already foolishly suffered. Will you hear me, Rodrigo? See, <laughs> faith. I have heard too much. For your words and performances are no kin together. You charge me most unjustly. With naught but truth. I have wasted myself out of my means. The jewels you have had from me to deliver to Desdemona will half have corrupted the votarist. You have told me that she hath received them and returned me expectations and comforts of sudden respect and acquaintance. But I have none. Well, go to. Very well. Very well. Go to, I cannot go to, man. Nor it is not very well, nay. I think it is scurvy, and begin to find myself fogged in it. Very well. I tell you, it is not very well. I will make myself known to Desdemona. If she will return me my jewels, I will give over my suit and repent my unlawful solicitation. If not, assure yourself I will seek satisfaction of you. You have said now. Aye, and said nothing but what I protest intendment of doing. Why, now I see there's metal in thee. And even from this instant to build on thee a better opinion than ever before. Give me thy hand, Rodrigo. Thou hast taken against me a most just exception. But yet I protest I have dealt most directly in thy affair. It hath not appeared. I grant indeed it hath not appeared. And your suspicion is not without wit and judgment. But, Rodrigo, if thou hast that in thee indeed, which I have greater reason to believe now than ever, I mean purpose, courage, and valor, this night show it. If thou the next night following enjoy not Desdemona, Take me from this world with treachery and devise engines for my life. Well, what is it? Is it within reason and compass? Sir, there is a special commission come from Venice to depute Cassio in Othello's place. Is that true? Why, then Othello and Desdemona return again to Venice? Oh no, he goes into Mauritania and takes away with him the fair Desdemona. Unless his abode be lingered here by some accident, wherein none can be so determinate as the removing of Cassio. How do you mean, removing of him? Why, by making him incapable of Othello's place. Knocking out his brains. Uh, and that you would have me do? Aye, if you dare do yourself a profit and a right. He sups tonight with a harlot tree. And thither will I go to him. He knows not yet of his horrible fortune. If you will watch his coin tents, which I will fashion to fall up between twelve and one, you may take him at your pleasure. I will be near to second your attempt, and he shall fall between us. Come, stand not amazed at it, but go along with me. I will show you such a necessity in his death 
you should think yourself bound to put it on here. Now, it is now high supper time. The night grows to waste. About it. I will hear further reason for this. And you shall be satisfied. I do beseech you, sir. Trouble yourself no further. Oh, pardon me. Uh, it will do me good to walk. Madam, good night. I humbly thank your ladyship. Your honor is most welcome. Will you walk, sir? Oh, there's Demona. My lord. Get you to bed on the instant. I will be returned forthwith. Dismiss your attendant there. Look it be done. I will, my lord. <laughs> How goes it now? He looks gentler than he did. He says he will return incontinent. He hath commanded me to go to bed, and bade me to dismiss you. <laughs> dismiss me? It was his bidding. Therefore, good Amelia, give me my nightly wearing and adieu. We must not now displease him. Uh, I would you had never seen him. So would not I. My love doth so approve him, and even his stubbornness. His checks, his frowns. Prithee, unpin me. Have grace and favor in him. I have laid those sheets you bade me on the bed. All's one. <laughs> Good faith, how foolish are our minds. If I do die before thee, prithee, shroud me in one of those same sheets. Come, come, you talk. My mother had a maid called Barbara. She was in love. He she loved proved mad and did forsake her. She had a song of willow, an old thing twas, but it expressed her fortune, and she died singing it. That song tonight will not go from my mind. I have much to do but to go hang my head all at one side and sing it like poor Barbara. Prithee, dispatch. Shall I go fetch your nightgown? <laughs> No, unpin me here. This Lodovico is a proper man. A very handsome man. He speaks well. <laughs> I know a lady in Venice would have walked barefoot to Palestine for a touch of his nether lip. The poor soul sat sighing by a sycamore tree, seeing all the green willow, her hand on her bosom, her head on her knee, sing willow, willow, willow. The fresh streams ran by her and murmured her moans, sing willow, willow, willow. Her salt tears fell from her and softened the stones laid by these. Sing willow, willow, willow. Prithee, high thee, he'll come anon. Sing all a green willow must be my garland. Let nobody blame him, his scorn I approve. Nay, nay, 
it's not next. Hmm. Hark, who is it that knocks? It's the wind. I called my love false love, but what said he then? Sing willow, willow, willow. If I caught more women, your couch with more men. So get thee gone, good night, eight eyes do itch. Oh, <laughs> doth that bode weeping? Tis neither here nor there. I have heard it said so. Oh, these men, these men. Dost thou in conscience think, tell me, Amelia, that there be women do abuse their husbands in such gross kind? There be some such, no question. <laughs> Wouldst thou do such a deed for all the world? Why would not you? No, by this heavenly light. Nor I neither by this heavenly light. I might do it as well in the dark. Wouldst thou do such a deed for all the world? The world's a huge thing. It is a great price for a small vice. In troth, I think thou wouldst not. In troth, I think I should, and undo it when I had done. Mary, I would not do such a thing for a joint ring, nor for measures of lawn, nor for gowns, petticoats, nor caps, nor any petty exhibition, but for the whole world. I would not make her husband a cuckold to make him a monarch. I should venture purgatory for it. Be shrew me if I would do such a wrong for the whole world. Why, the wrong is but a wrong in the world. And having the world for your labor, tis a wrong in your own world, and you might quickly make it right. I do not think there is any such woman. Yes, a dozen, and as many to the vantage as would store the world they played for. <laughs> but I do think it is their husband's fault if wives do fall. Say that they slack their duties and pour our treasures into foreign laps. Or else break out in peevish jealousies, throwing restraint upon us. Or say they strike us, or scant our former having in despite. Why, we have galls, and though we have some grace, yet have we some revenge. Let husbands know their wives have sense like them. They see and smell, have their palates both for sweet and sour, as husbands have. What is it that they do when they change us for others? Is it sport? I think it is. And doth affection breed it? I think it doth. Is it frailty that thus errs? It is so too. And have we not affections, desires for sport and frailty as men have? Let them use us well, else let them know the ills we do, their ills instruct us so. Good night, good night. Heaven me such uses send, not to pick bad from bad, but by bad men. Here, stand behind this bulk. Straight will leak up. Where thy good rapier bear, put it home. Quick, quick! Fear nothing. 
albeit thy elbow, it makes us or it mars us. Think on that, and fix the most form thy resolution. Be near at hand. I may miscarry in it. Here, at thy hand. Be bold, and take thy stand. I have no great devotion to the deed, and yet he have given me satisfying reasons. He's but a man gone. Forth, my sword! He dies. I have rubbed this young quat almost to the sense, and he grows angry. Now, whether he kill Cassio or Cassio him, or each to kill the other, every way makes my gain. With Rodrigo, he calls me to a restitution large of gold and jewels that I bobbed from him as gifts to Desdemona. It must not be. With Cassio to remain, he had a daily beauty in his life that makes me ugly. And besides, the, the more may unfold me to him. There stand I in much peril. No, he must die. But so... I hear him coming. I know his gate. Tis he, villain. Thou diest. Hath thrusted been mine enemy indeed, but that my coat is better than thou knowest. I will make proof of thine. Voice of Cassio. Iago keeps his word. Uh, a villain. That I am. It is even so. Uh, oh, help! Help, ho! A light! A surgeon! Tis he. O oh, brave Iago, honest and just, that hast such noble sense of thy friend's wrong. Thou teachest me. Minion, your dear lies dead and your unblessed fate highs. Strumpet, I come. Forth of my heart those charms, thine eyes are blotted. Thy bed, lust stain, shall with lust's blood be spotted. What? Oh, no what? No passage? Murder, murder! Tis some mischance, the crime is very direful. Oh, help! Hark! Oh, a wretched villain! Two or three grown, it is a heavy night. These may be counterfeits. Let's think unsafe to come into the cry without more help. Ugh. Oh, nobody come! Then, shall I bleed to death? Hark! 
Here's one comes in his shirt, with light and weapons. Who's there? Well, whose noise is this that one's on murder? We do not know. Did, did not you hear a cry? Here, here, for heaven's sake, help me! What's the matter? This is Othello's ancient as I take it. The same indeed, a very valiant fellow. What are you here that cry so grievously? Iago! Oh, I am spoiled! Undone by villains, give me some help! Oh, me, Lieutenant! What, what villains have done this? I, I think that one of them is hereabout and cannot make a way. Treacherous villains! Oh. What are you there? Come in and give some help. Oh, help me. Here! That's one of them. Murderous slave, oh villain! Damned Iago. Oh, inhuman dog. Dark. Or be these bloody thieves. Silent is this town. Oh! Murder! Murder! Ah, what may you be? Are you of good or evil? As you shall prove us, praise us. Signor Lodovico? He, sir. I, I cry you mercy. Here's Cassio, hurt by villains. Cassio? How is it, brother? <laughs> My leg is cut in two. Mary, heaven forbid. Light, gentlemen. I'll bind it to my shirt. What is the matter? Oh, who is that cried? Who is that cried? Oh, 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 my dear Cassio, my sweet Cassio, oh Cassio, Cassio, Cassio. <laughs> no double strumpet. Cassio, may you suspect who they should be that have thus many led you? No. Am I to find you thus? I have been to seek you. Lend me a garter. So. For a chair to bear him easily hence. Alas, he faints. Oh, Cassio! 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 Gentlemen all, I do suspect this trash to be a party in this injury. Patience a while, good Cassio. Come, come, let me light. Know we this face or no? Alas... My friend and my dear countryman, Rodrigo. No, no. Yes, sure. Oh, heaven, Rodrigo. What, a Venice? Even he. Did you know him? Know him? I. Gratanio, I cry you gentle pardon. These bloody accidents must excuse my manners that so neglected you. I'm glad to see you. How do you, Cassio? Oh, a chair! A chair! Rodrigo. He? He? Tis he! Oh, that's well said. The chair! Some good men bear him carefully from hence. I'll fetch the general's surgeon. For you, mistress, save you your labor. He that lies slain here, Cassio, was my dear friend. What malice was between you? None in the world, nor do I know the man. What? Look you pale. Oh, bear him out of the air. Stay, you good gentleman. Look you pale, mistress. Do you perceive the ghastness of her eye? Nay, if you stare, we shall hear more anon. Behold her well. I, I pray you, look upon her. 
You see, gentlemen? Nay, guiltiness will speak. Your tongues were out of use. What's, what's the matter? What's the matter, husband? Cassio hath here been set on in the dark by Rodrigo and fellows that escaped. He's almost slain, and Rodrigo dead. Alas, good gentlemen. Alas, good Cassio. This is the fruit of whoring. Pretty, Emilia, go know of Cassio where he supped tonight. What? Do you shake at that? He supped at my house, but I therefore shake not. It is so. I charge you go with me. Fie, fie upon thee, strumpet. I am no strumpet, but of life as honest as you that thus abuse me. As I. <laughs> oh, fie upon thee. Kind gentlemen, let's go see poor Cassio dressed. Come, mistress. You must tell us another tale. Amelia, run you to the citadel and tell my lord and lady what had happened. You go on, I pray. This is the night that either makes me or foredoes me quite. It is the cause, it is the cause, my soul. Let me not name it to you, you chaste stars. It is the cause. Yet I'll not shed her blood, nor scar that whiter skin of hers than snow, and smooth as monumental alabaster. Yet she must die, else she'll betray more men. Put out the light, and then put out the light. If I quench thee, thou flaming minister, I can again thy former light restore, should I repent me. But once put out thy light, thou cunningest pattern of excelling nature, I know not where is that Promethean heat that can thy light relume. When I have plucked the rose, I cannot give it a vital growth again. It must needs wither smell it on the tree. Oh, Bobby Breath, thou dost almost persuade justice to break her sword. One more. One more. Be thus when thou art dead, and I will kill thee and love thee after. One more, and this is the last. So sweet was ne'er so fatal. I must weep, but they are cruel tears. The sorrow's heavenly. It strikes when it doth love. She waits. Who's there? Othello? Aye, Desdemona. Ah, oh, when you come to bed, my lord. Have you prayed tonight, Desdemona? Aye, my lord. If you bethink yourself of any crime unreconciled as yet to heaven and grace, solicit for it straight. Alas, my lord, what do you mean by that? Well, do it, and be brief. I will walk by. 
I would not kill thy unprepared spirit. No, heaven for Fen, I would not kill thy soul. Talk you of killing? I, I do. Then heaven have mercy on me. Amen, with all my heart. If you say so, I hope you will not kill me. <laughs> and yet I fear you. For you are fatal when your eyes roll so. Why I should fear I know not, since guiltiness I know not. But yet I feel, I fear. Think on thy sins. They are loves I bear to you. Aye, and for that thou diest. That death's unnatural that kills for loving. Alas, why gnaw you so your nether lip? Some bloody passion shakes your very frame. These are portents. But yet I hope, I hope, they do not point on me. Peace and be still. I will so. What's the matter? That handkerchief which I so loved and gave thee, thou gavest to Cassio. No, by my life and soul, send for the man and ask him. Sweet soul, take heed, take heed of perjury. Thou art on thy deathbed. Aye, but not yet to die. Yes, presently. Therefore confess thee freely of thy sin. For to deny each article with oath cannot remove, nor choke the strong conception that I do groan withal. Thou art to die. Then Lord have mercy on me. I say, amen. And have you mercy too? I never did offend you in my life. Never loved Cassio, but with such general warranty of heaven as I might love. I never gave him token. By heaven, I saw my handkerchief in his hand. Oh, perjured woman, thou dost stone my heart and makest me call what I intend to do a murder, which I thought a sacrifice. I saw the handkerchief. He found it then. I never gave it him. Send for him hither. Let him confess a truth. He hath confessed. What, my lord? That he hath used thee. How? Unlawfully? Aye. You will not say so. No, his mouth is stopped. Honesty, Iago, I've taken order for it. Oh, my fair interprets. What is, is he dead? Had all his hairs been knives, my great revenge had stomach for them all. Alas, he is betrayed. And I undone. Out, strumpet! Whippest thou for him to my face? Oh, banish me, my lord, but kill me not. Down, strumpet! Kill me tomorrow. Let me live tonight. Nay, if you strive. But half an hour. Being done, there is no pause. But, but while I say one prayer. It is too late. I that am cool and yet merciful, I will not have thee linger in thy pain. So, so! What ho, my lord, my lord! Who's there? Oh, God, my lord! I would speak a word with you. Yes. Tis Amelia. By and by, 
she's dead. It's like she comes to speak of Cassio's death. The noise was here. Ha! No more moving. Still is the grave. Shall she come in where it's good? Think she stirs again. Now, what's best to do? If she come in, she'll sure speak to my wife. My wife? My wife? What wife? I have no wife! Oh, insupportable. Oh, heavy hour! Methinks it should be now a huge eclipse of sun and moon, and that a frightened globe should yawn at alteration. I do beseech you that I may speak with you, oh good my lord! I had forgot thee. Oh, come in, Amelia. Soft. By and by. Let me the curtains draw. Where art thou? What's the matter with you now? Oh, my good lord! Yonder spell, murder's done. What now? But now, my lord. It is the very error of the moon. She comes more near the earth than she was wont and makes men mad. Cassio, my lord, hath killed a young Venetian called Rodrigo. Rodrigo killed? And Cassio killed? No, Cassio is not killed. Not Cassio killed? Then, murder's out of tune. Sweet revenge grows harsh. Oh, falsely. Oh, falsely murdered. Alas, what cry is that? That? What? Out in alas, that was my lady's voice. Help, help, oh, help! Oh, lady, speak again, sweet Desdemona. Oh, sweet mistress, speak. A guiltless death. I die. Oh, who hath done this deed? Nobody. I myself. Farewell. Commend me to my kind lord. Oh, farewell. Why, how should she be murdered? Alas, who knows? You heard her say herself. It was not I. She said so. <clears throat> uh, I must needs report the truth. She's like a liar, gone to burning hell. Twas I that killed her. Oh. The more angel she, and you, the blacker devil. She turned to folly, and she was a whore. How dost belie her? And thou art a devil. She was false as water. Thou art rash as fire to say that she was false. Oh, she was heavenly true. Cassio did top her. Ask thy husband else. Oh, I were damned beneath all depth in hell, but that I did proceed upon just grounds to this extremity. Thy husband knew it all. My husband? Thy husband. That she was false to wedlock? I with Cassio. Nay, had she been true, if heaven would make me such another world of one entire and perfect chrysolite, I'll not have sold her for it. My husband? Aye, was he that told me first. 
An honest man he is. And hates the slime that sticks on filthy leaves. My husband! What needs this iteration, woman? I say thy husband. Oh, mistress. Villainy hath made mocks with love. My husband say that she was false. He, woman, I say thy husband, dost understand the word. My friend, thy husband, honest, honest Iago. If he say so, may his pernicious soul rot half a grain a day. He lies to the heart. She was too fond of her most filthy bargain. Ha! Do thy worst. This deed of thine is no more worthy heaven than thou wast worthy her. Peace. You were best. Thou hast not half the power to do me harm as I have to be hurt. Oh, gull. Oh, dolt as ignorant as dirt. Thou hast done a deed. I care not for thy sword. I'll make thee known, though I lost twenty lives. Help! Help, oh, help! The Moor hath murdered my mistress! Murder! Murder! What is the matter? How now, General? Oh, are you come, Iago? You have done well that men must lay their murders on your neck. What is the matter? Disprove this villain, if thou beest a man. He says thou toldst him his wife was false. I know thou didst not. Thou art not such a villain. Speak, for my heart is full. I told him what I thought, and told no more than what he found himself was apt and true. But did you ever tell him she was false? I did. You told a lie. An odious, damned lie. Upon my soul, a lie. A wicked lie. She false with Cassio. Did you say with Cassio? With Cassio, mistress. Go to, charm your tongue. I will not charm my tongue. I am bound to speak. My mistress here lies murdered in her bed. Oh, heavens forfend. And your reports have set the murder on. Nay, stare not, masters. It is true indeed. It is a strange truth. Oh, monstrous act. Villainy, villainy, villainy. I think upon, I think, I smelt, oh, villainy. I thought so then. I'll kill myself for grief, oh, what are you mad? I charge you, get you home. Good gentlemen, let me have leave to speak. Tis proper I obey him, but not now. Perchance, Iago, I will ne'er go home. Oh. 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 Nay, lay thee down and roar, for thou hast killed the sweetest innocent that e'er did lift up I. Oh, she was foul. I scarce didn't know you, Auntie. There lies your niece, whose breath indeed these hands have newly stopped. I know this act shows horrible and grim. Poor Desdemona, I am glad thy father's dead. Thy match was mortal to him, and pure grief shore his old thread in twain. Did he live now, this sight would make him do a desperate turn. Yea, curse his better angel from his side, and fall to reprobation. Tis pitiful. But yet Iago knows that she, with Cassio, hath the act of shame a thousand times committed. Cassio confessed it, and she did gratify his amorous words with that recognizance and pledge of love which I first gave her. I saw it in his hand. It was a handkerchief, an antique token my father gave my mother. Oh, heaven! 
Oh, heavenly powers. Come, hold your peace. Twill out. Twill out. I peace? No. I will speak as liberal as the North. Let heaven and men and devils, let them all, all, all cry shame against me. Yet I'll speak. Be wise and get you home. I will not. Fine. Your weapon on a woman. Oh, thou dull more. That handkerchief thou speakest of, I found by fortune and did give my husband. For often with a solemn earnestness more than indeed belonged to such a trifle, he begged of me to steal it. Villainous whore. She give it Cassio. No, alas, I found it and I did give it my husband. Filth, thou liest. By heaven, I do not. I do not, gentlemen. Oh, murderous coxcomb, what should such a fool do with so good a woman? Are there no stones in heaven but what serve for the thunder? Precious villain! The woman falls, sure he hath killed his wife. I... I... Lay me by my mistress's side. He's gone. But his wife's killed. Tis a notorious villain. Take you this weapon which I have here recovered from the moor. Come, guard the door without and let him not pass, but kill him rather. I'll after that same villain for tis a damned slave. I am not valiant neither, but ever puny whipster gets my sword. But why should honor outlive honesty? Let it go all. What did thy song bode, lady? Hark, canst thou hear me? I will play the swan and die in music. Willow, Willow, Willow. More, she was chaste. She loved thee, cruel more. So come my soul to bliss as I speak true. I have another weapon in this chamber. It is a sword of Spain, the Icebrook's temper. Ah, here it is. Auntie, I must come forth. If thou attempt it, it will cost thee dear. Thou hast no weapon, and perforce must suffer. Look in upon me then, and speak with me. Or, naked as I am, I will assault thee. What is the matter? Oh. 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 Behold, I have a weapon. A better never did itself sustain upon a soldier's thigh. I have seen the day that, with this little arm and this good sword, I have made my way through more impediments than twenty times your stump. But, O oh, vain boast, who can control his fate? Tis not so now. Be not afraid, though you do see me weaponed. Here is my journey's end. Here is my butt and very sea mark of my utmost sail. Do you go back dismayed? Tis a lost fear. 
Man but a rush against Othello's breast, and he retires. Where should Othello go? Now, how dost thou look now? Oh, ill-starred wench, pale as thy smock. When we shall meet at court, this look of thine will hurl my soul from heaven and fiends will snatch at it. Cold, cold, my girl, even like thy chastity. Oh, cursed slave, whip me, ye devils, from the possession of this heavenly sight. Blow me about in winds, roast me in sulfur, wash me in steep down gulfs of liquid fire. Oh, Desdemona, Desdemona, Dead. Oh. 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 Where is this rash and most unfortunate man? That's he that was Othello. Here I am. Where is that viper? Bring the villain forth. I look down towards his feet, but that's a fable. If that thou best a devil, I cannot kill thee. Wrench his sword from him. <laughs> I'm bleed, sir, but not killed. I am not sorry, neither. I'll have thee live, for in my sense, tis happiness to die. Oh, thou, Othello, thou wert once so good, fallen in the practice of a damned slave. What shall be said to thee? Why, anything. An honorable murderer, if you will. For not I did in haste, but all in honor. This wretch hath part confessed his villainy. Did you and he consent in Cassio's death? I... Dear General, I never gave you cause. I do believe it, and I ask your pardon. Will you, I pray, demand that demi-devil why he hath thus ensnared my soul and body? Demand me nothing. What you know, you know. <laughs> From this time forth, I never will speak word. What? Not to pray? Torments will ope your lips. Well, thou dost best. Sir, you shall understand what hath befallen, which, as I think, you know not. Here is a letter found in the pocket of the slain Roderigo, and here another, the one of them imports the death of Cassio to be undertook by Roderigo. Oh, villain! Most heathenish and most gross! Now here's another discontented paper, found in his pocket too, and this, it seems, Roderigo meant to have sent this damned villain. But that be like Iago in the interim came in and satisfied him. Oh, the pernicious caitiff! How came you, Cassio, by that handkerchief? That was my wife's. I found it in my chamber, and he himself confessed, but even now, that there he dropped it for a special purpose which wrought to his desire. Oh, fool. Fool. Fool! There is besides in Rodrigo's letter... How he upbraids Iago, that he made him brave me upon the watch, whereon it came that I was cast. And even but now he spake, after long seeming dead. Iago hurt him. Iago set him on. You must forsake this room and go with us. Your power and your command is taken off, and Cassio rules in Cyprus. For this slave, if there be any cunning cruelty that can torment him much and hold him long, it shall be his. You shall close prisoner rest, till that the nature of your fault be known to the Venetian state. Come. Bring him away. 
soft you a word or two before you go. I have done the state some service, and they know it. No more of that. I pray you, in your letters, when you shall these unlucky deeds relate, speak of me as I am. Nothing extenuate, nor set down aught in malice. Then must you speak of one that loved not wisely, but too well. Of one not easily jealous, but being wrought perplexed in the extreme. Of one whose hand, like the base Indian, threw a pearl away richer than all his tribe. Of one whose subdued eyes, albeit unused to the melting mood, drop tears as fast as the Arabian trees, their medicinal gum. Set you down this. And say besides, that in Aleppo once, where a malignant and turbaned Turk beat a Venetian and traduced the state, I took by the throat that circumcised dog and smote him. Thus. Oh, bloody period. All that spoke is marred. I kissed thee, ere I killed thee. No way but this. Killing myself to die upon a kiss. This did I fear, but thought he had no weapon, for he was great of heart. O Spartan dog, more fell than anguish, hunger, or the sea. Look on the tragic loading of this bed. This is thy work. The object poisoned sight, let it be hid. Gratiano, keep the house, and seize upon the fortunes of the moor, for they succeed on you. To you, Lord Governor, remains the censure of this hellish villain. The time, the place, the torture, enforce it. Myself will straight abroad, to the state this heavy act with heavy heart relate. The Pendant Shakespeare also known as The Wild Bill Variety Show. Othello, featuring the voice talents of Jason R. Wallace as Iago, Vincent Morrison as Othello, Karen Hamer as Desdemona, Dave Morgan as Cassio, Mindy Rast Keenan as Amelia, Paul Brueggemann as Roderigo, John Clark as Lodovico, Russell Gold as Probantio, David Alt as Montano, Anna Jane Condol as the Duke of Venice, Katie Keating as Graziano, Christopher Gilstrap as the Clown, Andy Bundy as the First Gentleman, Stefania Lintenbon as Bianca, Chris Morgan as the Messenger, and Jesse Wade as the Second Gentleman. Written by William Shakespeare. Adapted for audio by Colin Kelly and Catherine Pride. Directed by Colin Kelly and Landon Bell. Music composed by Elaine Packins of Elan.org. A-Y-L-A-H-N dot O-R-G. Shakespeare theme by Pavel Zook of Facebook.com slash Zook Music. Produced by Pendant Productions. This production is copyright 2014, Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.